Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Boy, it is John Boy time, I am your host, John Francis Fahey. Joining me as ever, the pinnacle and perfection of perversion. Um, Ski lovers pizza. Uh, you're gonna like the way he looks. I Aaron P it. Aaron Joseph Pita. Dude, I Aaron P the bed every night. Oh God, Jesus. jealous. Oh. It could be you. I know. It could be any of mm. or either of them. Huh? All four of you. And to your right, my left, handsome Matt Rousseau, the gall with it all, the Frenchman henchman. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Um, you know, we had a great Patreon last time. We really did. We did. People were going shit about it in the comments. Oh, they were going fucking nuts. discussion. Uh, that's an extra show per week, folks, on the Patreon. $5 a month. Support the program if you like it. Yeah. If you like it. Follow us on, uh, of course, Instagram, Profiles in Extra City, PP Podcast on Twitter. And, uh, um, if you want to find out how John got that Shiner Bach. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the. Oh, yeah. We're on, we're on YouTube as well. You can see, see my stupid black eye on YouTube. Yeah. Not black for, eye. Not for a few weeks when this one goes up. Yeah, but later. Later. You can see what we used to look you like. You can jack or Jill off to it, to mm-hmm. my pain, my suffering. <sighs> mm-hmm. um, Hi, Jill. Yeah? I jack my Jill. <laughs> you know, we were listening to the Gap Band the other day. Mm. And so one of their songs, <laughs> they, they did this and it goes... So the Gap Band does You Drop the Bomb on Me. Early and, in the morning. You gotta get up early. They're wearing weird, weird cowboy Oh, shit. the videos are incredible. Matt, you gotta watch these videos. Okay. They're like, you know, it's like, you know, when they have like cowboy shit with all the frills. Matt, Aaron said they look like Don Cheadle and Boogie Nights. Oh, Dude, very these, nice. The, the Gap, <laughs> like, like, looks like some dude's uncle and Andre 3000, and they're just playing like, you know, this funky, and they're playing funk music. They're brothers. And it was like, Gap was like something like Getty Avenue, possibly, like something like that. It was a longer name. Then they just made it the Gap Band. Oh, that makes sense. But there was, I think. It only fit so much on a sleeve. The, yeah. the core, like, nucleus of it was was these three brothers. Yeah. And so, like, they're, they're very much front and center. Yeah. And they're always dressed insane. There's like almost like those Instagram filter effects on what he's doing. And they big like for the videos, big, like the early music video effects of just like, yeah. you know, tracers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And they very, uh, very much act out the. Um, Is that better? Yeah. Was, they, were you not getting me at all? No, we got you. No, okay. I was getting you. Hey, great. They very much act out the lyrics and stuff. Uh, yeah. Very much like pointing at the yes, camera. Yes, You're yes, going to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they yeah, point yeah. to their eyes. Um, but the, <laughs> they got a fucking song. Oh, God. What is it? It's another one of their, like, it's a hit song. I forget mm. what it is. But they, it, it's, <laughs> go, Jack and Jill went up the hill to have a little fun. Oh. Stupid Jill forgot the bill and now they have a son. Oh, God. Like, what the, what did you put this in there for? <gasps> Well, it's when was call her stupid. When, when, when was this made? It's like They're 1980. Okay, 1978. So this, is, this is prime. You know, these are the breaks. Type. That's you yeah. Know. It was uh yeah. Probably. I would guess right around 80. Oh God, I wonder what that song was. Just. I mean, Jack and Jill's already. It's just. It's just begging to be. All right. Well, let's let's yeah. get into this profile. Okay. Matt, you got something for us. I got some shit. You got some fucking shit. Yeah. 
this is a, a fantastic uh, magazine article from uh, Atavist magazine. Uh, Tony, what, 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 what magazine? Atavist. Atavist. Yeah. How do you spell that? A T A V I S T. Yeah. Atavist. Atavist. What, does that mean anything? I don't know the word. Yeah, want, probably. Do you want the, Do you want the exact meaning? Yeah, I don't know what. I'm not doing a story on uh, the meaning of the magazine, so I didn't well, I, that I, mean, I know he wants to. He wants to derail you straight <laughs> out the fucking gate. What is an atavist? It's probably about like well, I, I thought maybe profiles you guys or human nature. I thought you guys would have the answer. Sorry. No, okay. I know, I didn't know the word. I don't. Um. The recurrence in a plant or animal of certain primitive characteristics that were present in an ancestor but have not occurred in intermediate generations. Huh. So history. <laughs> right. No, yeah. present, no. It's present in an ancestor, but but has not appeared in. Yes, but it recurs later in a in a descendant. Okay. Yes. Like how big dick skips a generation. But yeah, usually it skips the daughter's generation. <laughs> Maybe you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you have to skip over my dick. <laughs> Watch out. Jump rope. <laughs> So, uh, so this mostly comes from uh, his article, and I'm not going to read the title just yet because I don't want to give that part away um, because it's a very important part of the story. Uh, but uh, in, in some Time magazine and New York Times uh, articles that eventually appeared about this uh, this guy. He's born Herman Marks. That was his name his entire life. Uh, in uh, 1921, Milwaukee. Nice. Uh, shoddy brick houses and bare streets. Mm. That was the type of uh, place uh, he grew up in Milwaukee. Not exactly a happening spot. Shiny brick houses and bare streets. Shoddy. Shoddy. Oh, yeah. not that shiny brick. Yeah. Because <laughs> we all can't live in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he had two sisters. He was not close with them. He was a mother he was devoted to. And he also had an unemployed alcoholic father who beat him and probably everybody. Uh, and this was in the what year? What era? 1921. 21. Oh, when, he was, when he was born. Gosh damn. Uh, 1933, the Great Depression hits. Uh-huh. His parents are divorced, uh, or they get divorced. His mother remarries, and he starts acting up um, around this time. Uh, uh, Marx. Uh, Herman Marx. Herman. Yes. Uh, he starts skipping school. Uh, the, he was then expelled and sent to a reformer, reformatory school, mm. uh, constantly trying to escape from there. Mm, starting like Panzerim. Yeah. Midwest, too. Uh-oh. A uh, psychologist there at the school describes him as, quote, a very stolid, emotionless person when not excited, who shows almost a lack of adequate feeling in respect to situations he finds himself in. Mm. So a Maybe strong... somewhat on the spectrum, uh, uh, perhaps? I think he's just becoming like a nice, cold motherfucker. Yeah, I don't, the spectrum back then is like, good or bad. <laughs> yeah, well, looking at it through a modern, but, but yes, progressive yes, yes, lens yes, yes. Uh, with the empathy of a modern person. I don't think he's uh, on the spectrum. I think he's just beaten a lot. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll beat somebody into the spectrum. You'll find oh, other descriptions you. of him that will really kind of settle. All right, cool, man. But, uh, 1938, so he's about 17 now. He success, successfully escapes from uh, the, the school, tr- starts traveling the country, he's working in factories, docks, ranches, never stays anywhere more than three months. Oh. And that's all we know about him from this time. Uh, 1939, though, well, next year, he joins the... Makes a mess. <laughs> oh, come on. First time? I'm having fun. <laughs> he's just, Sorry. He's trying to derail everything. You called, you said it's about me, and I'm saying it about you. I know. It's very adult of you. <laughs> I'm on a spectrum. Uh, uh, 30, 39, age 18, he joins the Merchant Marines, and he serves in the Pacific. He's arrested often out there in Australia and other places. Mm. Yes. For what? They, they don't say. Just he's arrested off. He's just arrested. Acting up. Yeah. Acting up, yeah. Uh, after the war, he returns to the United States to uh, continue 
to be arrested places. <laughs> uh, in, in Texas, I gotta go home. I gotta get arrested over there. <laughs> <laughs> Three odds in a cot. The, the ah. Sheriff's gonna wonder where I'm at. <laughs> I'm <thinking laughs> worried sick. <laughs> Police blotters not gonna have anything to write. <laughs> Um, and so uh, Texas, vagrancy, Ohio, North Dakota, public drunkenness. Mm. Uh, New York City, attempted grand larceny. Vegas, prowling. Los Angeles, he robs and assaults an old lady, and he steals like 28 cents of uh, like hair bobby pins off of her or something. Just like, uh-huh. just nothing. I, I, I like prowling, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's like, like there were so many ways to get arrested for just hanging out. <laughs> vagrancy, vagrancy, it'd be like, just like you don't have ID on you. You're like loitering. Loitering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when, when Silver Lake was uh, more gay, you would see signs, no cruising. Yeah. Right, right, right. What the, how, how do you well, know the, the cru- I'm cruising? Well, when the cop's dick is in your mouth, well, that's I think, cruising. Well, the, the cruising signs that they have, I mean. They I, weren't illegal, but they were encouraging. Right. I think that the, uh, I mean, I know the cruising signs in Pasadena are about just driving up and down the same street. Oh, and I think it's over like it was, it was cruising was. Cru- I Cru- mean, cruising. It's cruising. Tom cruising. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Always be cruising. ABC, <laughs> babe. <laughs> Um, uh, the last one, the assault of the old lady that sent him to jail for six months while he's there, he and a couple inmates escape. They make it all the way to Galveston before they're caught and sent back to California. At some point during the escape, he, him and the guys jumped off, a uh, some high height and destroyed their ankles, uh, mm. managed to keep running. Oh God. Oh God. Oh, God. No. So now he uh, is it, during his travels, do you do you picture him or or, or is he is he just like uh, riding the rails? Is he uh, just vagabonding with a stick and a and a and a handkerchief bag? Yeah, that would uh, probably be the, just the case. I would yeah. imagine the train. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe hopping the train, but I imagine around that time, you know, it's after World War II. People have cars. <laughs> he's he's probably uh, maybe, taking a bus. You know, oh. it could be some things where. The cops drive him to the edge of town. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, free ride. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, or, fellas. Yeah, he, you know, hitchhiking. Probably, probably bus. I'd say <laughs> most people of don't bus. know what's gonna hit him, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna prowl, cruise, <laughs> prowl the hell out of shit. And I'm gonna tell him you sent me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So th- then there's this. Uh, this, you know, it's a. Uh, um, well, the, the the timelines don't quite match up, but so time. There's a Time Magazine article from 1959 that describes that says in 46 he was arrested and escaped from an Ohio, Ohio penitentiary. Uh, in 1850 he escapes from a California industrial farm. Paratet in his article has slightly different years, but I think it mostly stands. And a California industrial farm. Yeah, basically a work farm. Okay. And so he's arrested and sent to work. Sent to work. Get your ass to work. Yeah. Um, after the industrial farm at 50, he, he uh, escapes there and he returns to Milwaukee. Starts living with her mother, his mother and her third husband now. Mm. Oh. He loves his mother. Yes. And so they all live together until one day, Marx started fighting his third father and picked him up and threw him, literally threw him out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> like DJ Jazzy Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that Uncle Phil could throw DJ Jazzy Jeff out of the Bel Air mansion. Well, this guy was fucking doing it with his fucking with his stepdad, fucking yeah. probably some guy named Gary. Oh, <laughs> fucking plowing his mom. It's like get the fuck out of here. I Nobody love my plows mom. my mom. Said me. Oh no. Um, Marks was uh, he was fined five dollars for this. By who? By the police. For throwing his father out of the house. Yeah. So yeah. the father came back. Stepfather. Well, he tried to. Eventually, he didn't. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Um, uh, his, his mother said, you know, at this time he would, uh, he would buy her bouquets of flowers anytime he had some money, but usually spent all of his money on, on girls and booze. Mm. Uh, his like hookers? Uh, no, like meeting women at bars. Oh, all right. Well, know, that's buying drinks. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Uh, but he was kind of, uh, not really welcome in the rest of the family. Uh, uh, his niece said uh, that uh, whenever he came over, he really he wasn't really allowed in the house. <laughs> uh, outside, outside's yeah. fine. Yeah. Maybe just prowl. Uh, <laughs> Do that prowling you love so Loiter outside the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was, uh, they, they called him a boogeyman, and uh, the rest of the family, quote, uh, weren't allowed to have anything to do with him. Yeah. So, uh, th- so I think that the rest of the, so his mother thought, well, you know, she would later say, you know, I raised him. I don't know what happened to him. Um, but you could see that uh, even around this time, people are going, eh, hey, I don't know about this. Hey, <laughs> I'm a bogeyman. He's kind of a Herman. Um, Monster. So, around this time he's in Milwaukee, he's working as a stable hand and uh, attending nightly, quote, <laughs> drinking and sex parties in a barn. Wait, Shit. Drinking and sex parties in a barn? Yeah. Are humans present? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. He's not fucking pigs, right? No, no, no. Hey, at least hey, not. These, at these, least these, these are fine upstanding young women, John. That's terrible. Please. That's terrible. When you said that he's kind of a Herman, I thought you were saying that he was like a. I thought that was like a way to German? get around saying uh, trans. Oh. Herman. Oh, God. No, it, w- it wasn't. <sighs> I admire your ad- uh, imagination. I know. No, keep bringing us into these alleys. This is good. <laughs> no, no, no. This, no, no alleys. We're gonna tease this one. Out. <laughs> Her man <laughs> in an alley. Oh god. Oh, <laughs> How about a barn? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, so he's enjoying these parties, and one night uh, he meets a girl at a bar, and he brings her there. And not long after that, he's arrested and convicted of carnal. What they call back then carnal knowledge with a 16 year old who damn it that that girl was 16 apparently uh time magazine called it the rape of a 17 year old so you know (laughs) what what are you laughing at like it's like he he fucked her so good she turned 17 (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) feel different older (laughs) Better you know how the Grinch heart, Grinch's heart grew three sizes? Mm. I feel that way. He was sentenced to three and a half years. Oh, God. And uh, he exited, he exited uh, this prison in 1955. He did serve his time? He did serve his time this time. No escapes this time, Jack. Uh, the prison psychiatrist described Marx as uh, narcissistic, narcissistic in his makeup and amoral rather than immoral. Which it's got screw loose. Which is, it was the first time I thought I'd never really heard the, the phrase, but I think it's a very uh, important distinction. Agreed. Between uh, elaborate. Elabor- well, it's the immoral is is usually uh, evil. Yeah. Well, there's some sort of sense of good and bad. An agency there. Yeah. yeah. Amoral is like more. I don't know. What, what are you what, saying? <laughs> I don't know. Good. You know, uh, bordering on the, you know some sort of pathology. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, in Time Magazine uh, article later, the warden just also described him as quote. A real stinker. Jesus. Which is, is, oh, you mean this this maniac? Might he have been a pee-pee drinker? This <laughs> guy really bummed me out. He said he was he smelled always, like shit. He was always trying to not work, and it really just put a grind into their... He was always trying, he was working at not working. Yeah, and they're like, you guys are going to do prison work, and he's like, oh, and you're like, oh, now, oh nobody's going to work today. 
So, uh, so at this point in the last two decades, Marx would have been, he was arrested 32 times in 10 states. Is it Marx? You say he didn't want to work. Was it M-A-R-X or M-A-R-K-S? <laughs> A little different. M-A-R-K-S? A little M-A-R-K-S. So in, so in two decades, he'd been arrested 32 times, uh, as far as they know. Probably more <laughs> that were just like, get, you know, arrest, they pick him up and they throw him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 states. Um, he then, after he's let out in 55, he returns to his mother. And then one day he just kisses her on the forehead and he leaves. He doesn't say where he's going. Mm-hmm. And he's how old now? About? So it's 55. He was born in 21. 21. 34? Okay. Yeah. It. Approx. Admittedly. <laughs> Approx. Admittedly. No, two years later, he's 1957. He's working on a shrimp boat in Florida. And he runs into a couple of guys that he knew as a merchant marine. Ooh. And they were Cubans. And he finds out that later, uh, that, that same year, he finds out that one of them uh, was murdered by Batista's military forces. Oh. Just, they just stormed into the guy's house and just shot him. Jesus. Um, and so, uh, uh, after hearing that, Marx goes to an army surplus store. He buys some boots and fatigues, takes his uh, remaining $400 in a Colt 45, hops on a boat, and takes it to Cuba. He wanted to join the Cuban Revolution. Holy shit. Marxist. And, oh God. And he just, he was just friends with this guy and he was outraged that he was murdered by Batista's forces. Yeah. And who knows if they were even friends? He's like heard the story on one boat trip and was like, I'm changing everything I'm doing. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But I'm amoral, so was that bad? (laughs) Because sex with a 16 year old feels good. (laughs) I'm not trying to get my head around this whole thing. I stopped when she turned 17. Oh God. Didn't feel as good. Oh my god. Um. Okay. All right. So, and do we know was was the friend in the Cuban Revolution? Uh, was that why Batista's forces killed him? I'm assuming. Well, Batista's forces killed a lot of people. They did. It just, just under suspicion. They right. would yeah. they would they would round people up yeah. and just be like, yes. "You probably know where they are." So he might have been. I mean, odds are, if he had been in the Merchant Marines at some point, you know, he probably was. But this is this is pretty early uh, Cuban revolutionary time, right? So it's fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, I, I think that Grandma landed in fifty seven. Okay, yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, Castro is he's building up support. Yes. Um, at this point, now, uh, so he goes to Havana. Marx goes to Havana, and he can't find he, any. He goes to where? Havana. 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 Got it. And he can't find any agents there, or if he or if they did, they didn't. Tell him, uh, and he takes a bus into the foothills, and he runs into a couple of uh, young Cubans who are also looking to join. And together they hike for three nights until they reach a rebel outpost. And over the course of the Cuban Revolution, there'd be about uh, two dozen uh, what they called Yankees, yeah, yeah, that would join. So you know he wasn't the only one, um, and and for he wasn't even the most famous one. Eventually, um, uh, that would be uh, William Morgan, who we'll briefly touch on later. Um, so his main job there was was fixing the rebel firearms, and um, at one point some kids were in the street trying to like figure out how to make it work, and uh, he so he like walked over and he like broke it down and showed him how to do it. And as this happened, a like, crowd gathered, and they're like, "Oh, this Yankee, mm-hmm. he's you know he's good with the guns," uh, and so he gained a little bit of fame, and then, then they assigned him to Che's uh, unit. Hmm. Jacob Vera, of course. Yes. Doctor. Uh, of the t-shirt fame. Yes. yes. <laughs> he rage- from merchandise. He rages, yes. Okay. And his book about motorcycles. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. 
Uh, and uh, he becomes a captain under Che, and he's sent to establish a military school and train recruits to fight Batista's invasion. So Batista has this invasion called Operation Finish Fidel, which... <laughs> wow, good codename. Really? I mean, it sounds better in Spanish, I imagine. You tell me. What is it? I don't know. You're the Spaniard. Well, there's different ways of it. You can translate Finnish Fidel into like four different, well. Maybe they chose the one that sounded good. Yeah, maybe some alliterative, alliterative yeah. aspects to it. He can't stop being helpful tonight, can he? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's different ways you can say it. Oh. Fucking asshole. John, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now you're becoming amoral. <laughs> Union against thought is what we have here. <laughs> I don't stand for it. So, so this was supposed to be a, a Batista's big push to, you know, be like... Finish Fidel, yeah. Yes. And, and, <laughs> um, it, it, they were going to invade the uh, Sierra Maestra, and where where this believed that, you know, a lot of the forces were... Oh, that's Castro's where they were holed up, yeah. And uh, the guerrillas, uh, as they were known, uh, were outnumbered 101. Uh, but they're wow. guerrillas... And yeah, you got the high ground. You got the yes. locals that know the terrain. Yes, who are also favor. Who else also uh, are, are are favorable to you? Oh, they are. Yes, they. Oh, yeah, but because Bautista was just rounding them up, like just on the street nearby, creating and, more rebels. And, and, yeah, and would just fucking like yeah. execute a line of people. You know, like just shoot everybody. Yeah. So uh, uh, Marx, uh, he, at one point, he leads eighteen rebels and ambushes and disables a two hundred fifty man convoy. And then he falls over and he breaks three teeth on a rock. You know, a real excitable guy. He, well, he's just an excitable <laughs> guy. But so the, uh, Castro's forces uh, push Batista back, and uh, and as they're retreating, Che plans this 350-mile uh, march, take a small force uh, from the Sierra Maestra to the central Cuban mountains. Basically, this the whole the plan was to cut the island in half. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Che warned the, you know, people would volunteer. Che warned that the conditions would be miserable. Food short and casualties likely close to 50%. <laughs> God damn it. This is going to suck, guys. <laughs> Mark signed up anyway. Yeah. Of course huh. he did. <laughs> Sounds like just another day riding the rails, Che. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> Actually, he's from the Midwest. He's probably like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he would. Oh, wow. Instead of that, he would say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, the mountains oh, wow. sure are pretty here. <laughs> <laughs> you Mexican folks sure are nice. Let me fight for your Yankees. I always wanted to play on the Yankees. <laughs> There's my fucking friend Che Guevara over here. <laughs> he's a doctor. You believe that? <laughs> And he fixed your bike, no problem. <laughs> well, you got a face for a T-shirt, pal. <laughs> so this was uh, just an absolutely brutal, hellish march for everybody involved. And uh, Che, at one point, he would write to Castro, and uh, you know all these guys. They were, there wasn't anyone to fight. They were just. Just the conditions, they were, they were getting sick. They were, mm. yeah. you know, they were fording rivers. They were marching through just inhospitable yeah. terrain. The shit. Yeah. Yeah. All this fucking shit you're walking through. And, mm. uh, yeah, it's like, oh, you know, if, if Mosquitoes. Uh, Batista's going, well, no one's going to take this place because they'd have to do this insane yeah. thing. So <laughs> It's that kind of place. Yeah. Uh, and so Jay writes to Castro, and he writes, uh, Hunger, thirst, weariness, and the feeling of impotence against the enemy forces that were increasingly closing in on us, and above all, 
The terrible foot disease that the peasants called Mazamora, which turned each step our soldiers took into an intolerable torment, had made us an army of shadows. Uh-huh. Army of shadows, yeah. nice. Yeah. Would you say it's like trench, trench foot? Yeah, yeah, yes. And uh, yeah, and then they all got these really cool beards out of it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Castro Captez never did the march. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking smoking his cigars. <laughs> He's a lawyer. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> uh, and uh, in, in Che Guevara, uh, Revolutionary Life, uh, John Lee Anderson, uh, he writes, uh, this is, that's the book that uh, Perotta discovered Marx, who's just a footnote in the book. Mm-hmm. He said, this guy must be nuts. But he's this footnote. Uh, che che uh, would, when, um, Che said Marx was good at training his men, but he just, uh, quote, fundamentally didn't fit in the group. And uh, one of Che's assistants, another man, uh, described Marx as, quote, brave and crazy in combat, tyrannical and arbitrary in the peace of camp. (laughs) Tyrannical and arbitrary (laughs) in the peace of camp. In the peace of camp. Everything's too quiet here. (laughs) Vasquez, shut up. (laughs) Marquez, get over here. Yeah. Yeah. Put out. Um, I wonder if that's that's one of the ones I, I read. I read I read his uh, the Che's own account of of the the revolutionary yeah uh, I think it's called like episodes from the Cuban Revolution or something oh, okay. like that that's very very good um, thrilling yeah uh, you know they show up on a boat and then they end up in Havana <laughs> you know what well, I mean? yeah first they show up on a they're on a boat and they end up in Mexico and then they yeah they get back oh, on and, a boat and, and they end up in and the boat's all <laughs> fucked up but uh, yeah then I read one more too uh, that was you know, a biography of him. And I'm not sure. It might've been Anderson. I think that's pretty much the go-to one for, yeah. for Che. But this, you know, this guy, Marx is just, it's, he's just mentioned as just a guy that was part of this group. So tyrannical <laughs> and arbitrary. How, how, like, how are we figuring out what that means? That means a guy who's just, a f- guy who just storms in yelling at people for no reason. He's as just, soon a, as he gets there. Yeah. He's just a fucking pain <laughs> in the ass. And you're like, dude, like, you're not even from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think you start here with your fancy Marxist name? Yeah, <laughs> we know what's going on here. And 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 Marx barely spoke any Spanish at all. Oh yeah. So like you can, he's just yelling at him in English, and they're like, should we even pretend like we know what he's saying? He's like, I'm your captain. And you're like, oh, no, fuck Christ, God. Um, yeah, and uh, you, you know, he's got a bear's hat on. <laughs> Go a, bears. Mu- a mustache and a fucking <laughs> trucker jacket. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my God, we didn't bring fucking any, <laughs> any fucking hot dogs on the yeah. fucking trailer to you. You didn't bring any of the beast? No Milwaukee's beast around here? Jesus fucking Christ. The Twins game is on. And you I guys never, got one of them fancy TV radios? It never occurred to me that that uh, this accent would be part of this. <laughs> 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 Jesus. Jesus. We're out of, no, all out of beer already? Jesus. I'll drink my own You guys really like the cervezas around here, huh? You guys sure are small, but fuck, man, you can put them away. So so there's the tyrannical and arbitrary in the piece of camp, and that was definitely unsettling for them, but the what seemed to be the most unsettling thing was that... He had a real enthusiasm for execution duty. Execution duty? Yeah. To not kill him? Yes. Oh. It's not so much of a duty, more as a real distinct pleasure for me, if I've got to be honest, <laughs> if anybody asks. <laughs> it's my turn. You killed the last fucking two guys. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I fuck it. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Give me the fuck. <laughs> 
Chase's assistant uh, <laughs> described it as uh, unseemly. Oh, it's quite unseemly. <laughs> it really is. God, she's <laughs> fucked by golly. I love killing. Oh. I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what color you are. <laughs> it's all gray matter to me. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I barely know where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> sure, P- Puerto Rico sure is nice this time of year. Hey, bam! <laughs> <laughs> Marxism sounds fucking good to me, pal. <laughs> I'll tell you what, in my version of Marxism, there's a lot more fucking cans of beer lying around. <laughs> this is my opiate on asses, I'll tell you that. I could use a, a, a whole lot more of it. <laughs> das Capital! <laughs> I think we need to seize the fucking means of production over at the fucking Miller plant. <laughs> I mean, it's union made, but they fucking aim a little bit higher. <laughs> so, so uh, the the... The whole uh, the group didn't didn't mind that much uh, when uh, Marx uh, he was wounded in the knee and the ankle at one point and gangrene set in and oh god his ankle still busted from jumping off that <laughs> yeah. wall and then he ran on it so oh. uh, should have ran on his knees like Gary Oldman. <laughs> You gotta listen to the Petlo Patreon. should have ran on his symptoms. <laughs> you gotta listen to the Patreon. Yeah, you gotta hear our last Patreon. He loved prowling. No, well, yeah, he yeah. did. So, uh, so uh, Che uh, has him sent to uh, to a town to get uh, uh, fixed up, and then he has him shipped from the town to a hospital. I believe there was a hospital that was in the U.S. Uh, in in Florida, or you know, somewhere around there. And um, Jesus Christ, imagine that. And so he said he's there to recruit recoup. Uh, New Year's Day, 1959, Batista flees Havana, and Castro swoops in, uh, takes control of Cuba. Uh, Marx is is in a Key West hospital. Oh. (laughs) Swinger parties, topless (laughs) shit. (laughs) Fucking Margaritaville. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) I think I went too far. Is that a Spanish word, Uh, Che? I don't know. You tell me. It's pretty American to me. (laughs) 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 This this chick's got elephants painted on her nipples. (laughs) You ever see that? Down there in Havana? (laughs) Hey, Mr. Guevara, you ever seen anything like this, Doc? (laughs) Doc, Doc, something's wrong with her breasts. (laughs) Take a closer look. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus Christ. I got a fucking margarita in my hand, a parrot on my shoulder. <laughs> I feel like my fucking cock's going to explode. <laughs> I'm a fucking parrot head. The women are all fucking chicken heads. <laughs> I'm fucking the throat goats in office. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Um, and so, uh, so Mark's, Mark's upon hearing that Castro's uh, taken over... He uh, hobbles down to a ferry, <laughs> and he rides it to Havana. And uh, and you know one thing Castro did promise is that you know the revolutionaries they would get their you know they would get their piece of the pie. So Marx is probably thinking one, boy do I love killing folks, and two, <laughs> maybe I get some piece of that pie. Yeah. And uh, he he shows up in Havana and he goes to La Cabana, which is a military fortress the the Spanish created. And, uh, uh, you know, Che has, has uh, some of his forces there. And uh, Che gives him some fatigues and a beret and appoints him the head of security at La Cabana. And then... Uh, no cigar or sunglasses? Well, maybe. You know, enough for him. I mean, the, he would grow a beard, of course. <laughs> if he didn't already have A 30-pack of Keystones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, that month in, in January 1959, the trials begin. He's like, sign me up for it. And these these are the trials where uh, 
Castro would uh, put all of Batista's folks on, on trial. And, and, and he wanted to, he had this idea about making it um, okay, you know, uh, no, 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 uh, for, cool. for, the, for the West. Yeah. And so he made them these big public trials. And so, of course, the American journalists go down there and they go, what a travesty. <laughs> what a what a barbaric thing. Because there would be crowds, and the crowds would be yelling for these people. They're like, kill him, kill him. Yeah. And they did the same thing with fucking Mussolini in Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, but all of the American journalists are going, this place, can you believe it? Uh, yeah. I mean, could, well, could you believe it when they were fucking lining up people in the street and executing them? Yeah, but they let us have our casinos yeah, and hotels. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. And our mafia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so um, Marx would uh, take part of these trials in his own unique way, uh, which uh, I will describe. Your Honor, Exhibit A is I love to fucking shoot uh, Mexicans in the head. Uh, exhibit B, well, because I said so. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, uh, objection. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll take some questions now. Uh, Chicago <laughs> Tribune, I see you over there. What do you think, fella? <laughs> How are the bears doing? How do you like that? Jesus Christ. Mark, yeah, nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a, a quick little break. Sure. <laughs> take a quick little break, and then we'll get into the, the trials and the tribulations, possibly. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay. Jacking in the gym. Yeah. 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 All right, we'll be right back, folks. And we're back. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you something. I, so this is what I'm curious about right now, Aaron. I don't know if this has been running through your head too. Um, is he like itchy to kill because he's probably killed some people before? Because like I said, a lot of the trajectory is is very Carl Panzrami. Yeah, the yes, vagrancy, yes, yes. the prison escapes, the uh, the little tours abroad in. Uh, with the military and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's he a lot the, of... He got the taste of blood. And and the, uh, you know, very much the era where fucking, yeah, you leave you, town. You cross state lines. That's the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder... Oh, here's your paper driver's license. Everything checks out, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... Well, I mean, it's all... Who's to say? It's all speculation because he never... Uh, he, he would say... Well, so... Let me describe this next part, and then okay, go for it, and then and then we can get into that. Um. He became John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, so the trials begin in January, and they're held uh, held at La Cabana, and in less than a month, in in just January, a hundred of Batista's men are executed. Marx Marx is the guy running the firing squads, mm. and he would say when he was interviewed, he would say he saw the job as an honor. Mm. And what he would do is he would bring the con- condemned man, um, if they did it one at a time especially, he would bring the man, there's a dry moat there, and he'd bring him into the a dry moat under the floodlights, he'd unlock his handcuffs, lead him to the execution spot, he would give the orders, and then often the soldiers were uh, poor shots. Oh, God. Jesus fucking Christ, well, I gotta do everything here. by fucking self. Listen here, pal. Uh, <laughs> n- none of these fucking guys have any fucking idea what they're doing, so likely you might survive. Maybe you got a couple of uh, fucking graze wounds. <laughs> but rest, rest assured, I'm gonna come up here and I'm gonna take a distinct pleasure putting a fucking bullet <laughs> yeah. in uh, And he did. Um, whether he took any pleasure or not, uh, there would be rumors that he did. 
but those seem to be perhaps sensationalized, especially mm. by anti-Castro people mm. later. Perhaps mm. you know couldn't feel pleasure. Yes, uh, yeah, but I he I understands. He would deliver the coup de gras. Uh, because often these soldiers, they didn't practice the European custom of one person has a blank. Yes. They, they all had bullets. They all had bullets. <laughs> and then he, in one case, uh, Perote writes, uh, the guy who was about to be executed pulled out uh, a cross and he cursed everybody shooting. And so they all missed. Shit. And so then Marx, We all had blanks. <laughs> and then Marx had to <laughs> go over and Marx shot the guy. Like with a revolver? Like up close? Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. And that's how he deli- delivered the coup. Uh, <laughs> so Marx would say this is this was an honor, and he would say that he's the one. They all this happened underneath this giant uh, cross or uh, a, G- a statue of Jesus. Oh. Not, not like the Brazilian one, but you know. It, Why even have these guys show up? Which guys? <laughs> the, the fucking firing squad. Well, oh, that's it's good for morale. It's exhausting. I think. I think. I think. I think. I think it's just kind of a. It's it's more of the. Ceremony. Team building. Oh, certainly. It's like yeah. a trust fall for <laughs> revolutions. Well, I mean, just like, hey, remember when we all maybe, maybe killed that guy? Yeah. <laughs> you had the blink. No, you did. Yeah. It's a trust shoot. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, the, the, um, there's a story, uh, a solid metal on our next page on uh, about uh, firing squads. And because uh, in the U.S., in some states, they still have, or they went back to firing it's squads. It's all volunteer. Now. And uh, these people um, are uh, a little shook up by it. The firing squad people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I should have never like, got into this business. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean they're shook up by it? Well, I'll talk about it. Okay, later, yeah. Uh, occupation? Oh, no. Ha, ha. Uh, occupation? I got, firing squad member? <laughs> can't believe I went to community college for this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I went to six weeks in that school for this. Uh, <laughs> learn about the soul. I'm, I'm going back to operating shoddy equipment at a carnival. <laughs> I hope I miss and my vagrant boss comes up and just... <laughs> Finishes the job. <laughs> Jesus Christ, were you fellas fucking aiming at all? What the fuck happened here? He's all fucking drunk. He's like a He's fucking fine. <laughs> Guys, this is an execution. Are we helping this man? Come on. Yeah. Pick yourself up, buddy. I'm going to shoot you in the face now. <laughs> don't, don't you worry about a thing, pal. I got the, <laughs> Daddy's got the fucking medicine. You see that Jesus with the arms open? That was my idea. <laughs> that cross thing was pretty fucking good, pal. <laughs> we're not vampires, you know? <laughs> you know, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> Sleep easy, pal. Rest in peace. <laughs> You're right, B-Tyke. Yeah, my breath smells like garlic for a reason, pal. Mm. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so Marx would Pasta. say... Pasta! When he was interviewed about this, he would say, um, for him, it was, a, he, he was... he was Great honor. It was a great honor, and, <laughs> and he was, you know, doing his part to make sure that these were handled, uh, you know, in a good manner. Which they obviously were not. Um, and uh, Hire better people. Everybody's shooting everywhere. <laughs> Hire. You know, they say if you want a job done right, do it yourself. So what I do is I hire the most incompetent <laughs> fucking <laughs> blind <laughs> shots in all of the fucking island. <laughs> yeah. And I come in and I do it myself. So I says, I says, I says, I do it myself. <laughs> well, we executed about 39 fellows today. Uh, and uh, the firing squad, they probably got one. <laughs> and I did about the rest. They hit me right here if you see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, there's a, a job. There's a workplace hazard, you could say. Yeah. Someone was surprised I wasn't angry at them, and I was like, I don't know anger. Uh, dude, I couldn't even feel it. Honestly. One of them fucking nipped me in the ankle. I was like, of all the fucking places, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing it's dead already, you know. It's fucking, you can't feel shit here. <laughs> they really actually added to it. What's the opposite of an Achilles heel? <laughs> uh, so, uh, by March, Marx had executed... Uh, Carried out 200 executions, including one night, uh, 11 men in one night. 
And when the flood when the floodlights failed, they just had the candles. They had the, the jeeps turn their headlights on. I'm not done yet. So it was a very uh, scenic time. Mm. Uh, but also, God, what a fucking nightmare. So around this time, it was kind of this like twilight revolution type thing where Castro hadn't uh, proclaimed he, socialism. Well, no, he hadn't take he hadn't started taking over the sugar fields mm. and turning those over. Yeah. And uh, this revolutionary spirit was in the air, and the American ex- expats and all of these writers would go down there and be like, what an amazing time it is to yeah. be here. Yeah. I feel like Hemingway would have went. So Hemingway. <laughs> Hemingway, uh, a lot of us. So, Peels himself off the couch <laughs> in Key West. Is there rum there? <laughs> I'm getting the next Pepsi raft over. <laughs> I'm bringing ten cats with me in, <laughs> but so these ex- especially for especially for really the American cats, really good. A lot cats. of American artists would show up in Hemingway. Uh, you know, Hemingway was a, a pretty regular around that area, anyway. Uh, but guys like Plimpton and Errol Morris and um, uh, Tennessee Williams. You know, at one point Tennessee Williams shows up, and uh, and. Th- they were they were they were walking through trying to have a meeting with Castro and and no one no one knew uh, who he was and, and until at someone someone in Castro's retinue recognized him and Castro was in a meeting <clears throat> and Castro immediately stopped the cabinet meeting so he could talk Tennessee Williams mm. and he told him he, he told him that he, he he loved his work and uh, was he the glass menagerie <laughs> was that Tennessee Williams uh, cat in a hot tin roof which. So Castro says to him something to the effect of, God damn, I can't find it now. He's like, I really like your work, especially the one on the cat on the burning roof. <laughs> I hate cats. <laughs> you know, now as a child, I put a cat on the roof. That fucking parrot head over there, you can't get enough of him. <laughs> fucking Ernest Hemingway's got fucking 45 cats on the property, sick fuck. And he's holding his lighter right up on the ceiling. <laughs> that, that roof is hot as the Jesus, I'll tell you. And then the cats are fucking meowing and growling. So, uh, but you know, George Plimpton goes down there, and Hemingway's like, Hemingway says to him, he says, "It was important uh, uh, for a writer to get around to see just about anything, especially the excesses of human behavior." Mm. And so Hemingway takes Plimpton to one of these executions, and uh, he brings him, him and him and Plimpton. He like makes a couple of shakers uh, uh, full of full of uh, uh, drinks for them to drink, and they sit in the stands. <sighs> And watch the execution. Wow. And that's... Uh, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Back yeah. to the Coliseum. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, it... Um, that's how you had calls him like a season. Man. Oh, is it Errol Flynn, not Errol Morris? I'm sorry. Yeah, Errol, Errol Morris. Morris is is a, the, yeah. the Errol Flynn was not a writer; he was an actor. He was an actor. Yes, he, he played actor. fucking Peter Pan or Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Errol Flynn was Robin Hood. Yeah, and so at one point, Errol Flynn was down there, and um, Marx started to become slightly um, famous uh, because around this time, he his story was being published in in America, mm-hmm. and. Um, He's published in the New York Times, and he's he's published in uh, the Milwaukee Journal. The and, story and, is published, and no one's right. no one's asking him. They just say, "So, so, what brought you here?" And he's like, "Oh, I was just working in the United States and found my way down here." Doesn't bring up his friend getting shot, any of that shit. Mm, uh, he might have, but he doesn't bring up the arrests and the 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the illegal activity. Listen, you know, I'm a simple fucking cheesehead. Yeah, okay, you know, come fucking on. Go back. I got go. tired of getting locked up and running out in the fucking state, so I went down a uh, fucking ninety miles off the keys mm-hmm. and uh, you know chopped it up a little bit and joined the revolution. Viva Castro. Viva Comandante. Plus some marks. And so, um, you know, these guys think I wrote the fucking book. So, so you know, because of th- this, this. Marx is um, coming. He's becoming a little bit of a famous figure in Havana, and um, he meets a, a, a lady, a, a journalist, and a former model and a photographer. Oh shit! Named uh, Jean Sacon. Jean Sacon. That's how Tony uh, uh, Peretet pronounces it. Uh, in in the in the article I, when I listened to it the first time, the 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 reader pronounced it Jean Sacon. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah. so that's how probably how Marx pronounced it because he's from the Midwest. Uh huh. Like, ah, Gene Seekin, <laughs> pleasure to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this firing squad; they can't shoot for shit, huh? <laughs> Bonjour, <Christ>. Gene Seekin. <laughs> Bienvenue à Castroville. <laughs> <laughs> These guys could be firing fucking cannons; they still wouldn't hit shit. <laughs> the best island in all of Mexico. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so so uh, Marx is he gets like now he's like he gets prime seating at like the nice restaurants mm. um, and so you know in, in these moments he meets some of these famous actors and, and writers and uh, and they're not necessarily going down to to meet him specifically but when they do meet him they're like ooh and hey, there's this one story where him and uh, er, like he Errol Flynn invites him back to his apartment where Errol Flynn and his 16 year old uh, uh, girlfriend are are living. Mm-hmm. And they just spend the whole night like talking and like. Errol Ooh. Flynn and his 16 year old girlfriend are yeah. living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's different in Milwaukee, okay? Yeah. I, you know, there is. It's, it's interesting. It's called carnal knowledge this, uh, in Milwaukee. This era of uh, what you said, the revolutionary twilight. Yeah. Uh, because there's, I think, some of these people going down there thinking um, it's a more egalitarian version of what came before. Yes. Yeah, uh, well, yes. And not. Uh, well, you know, maybe we can all take part in the debauchery. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I also want to, you know, kind of like the speed with which, you know, you get people to go along with these sweeping changes. You know what I mean? Um, you know what I'm saying? Well, part of that I mean that's everything building up to the actual revolution is getting people on board with those sweeping changes. Right, yeah, but yeah. but then if you're a fucking peasant out in the mountains, and then you see that like, oh fuck, they still have fancy restaurants in Havana. I can't go to. You know what I'm saying? You're kind of going to be like, hey, I thought we were doing the whole, uh, you know, revolution thing. Um, but also, you know, I could see Castro kind of wanting to to revel in it on the international stage a little mm. bit. And the U.S.'s position in it is pretty funny because uh, it, it was it was clearly such a popular revolution that um, at first the United States almost took a little bit of this position of like, oh, well, we wanted them to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? You remember that? Well, it was, yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be like, you know, it, it was supposed to uh, yeah, well, yeah. almost mimic the, you know, the these free peoples were, were well, yeah, held it, under the thumb. Yeah, the this. same same thing in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy was like, if anybody gets it, it's the United States, yes, right? Yes. Um, but, you know, really the truth is that America liked it being their dirty little playground. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and, you know, uh, fucking... Like we said before, Batista couldn't go into some of the clubs Nixon could go into because he was part black. Yeah. Straight up, you know, super racist shit like that was just like the law. Hair to curly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, it's a, yeah, it's a very interesting time. I think probably before they go full scale communist and uh, no private property and stuff, there's an interesting little 
window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they they move into some sort of the stricter policies. Yes, mm-hmm. where the expats, the Americans, are still happily allowed, and mm-hmm. uh, they're still in this revolutionary spirit. And they don't have to do anything other than show up and spend money. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it's. I think yeah. I wonder how open because you know Castro had you know relationships with people from America. Always loved Americans, um, but you know I think. Obviously, it was Bay of Pigs where you just go in fucking balls to the wall and then you're like, oh, okay, they're fucking, you know, trying to fucking over, you know, throw a very popular revolution, yeah. you know. Um, and then you just, you know, you go fucking whole whole hog in with the USSR. <laughs> whole hog in the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. And then the X-Men fucking come in. <laughs> Save the whole fucking oh, yeah. day. Uh, and so, uh, so, so, you know... Um, there was a, a sort of fascination with Marx, and and um, you know, as he gained this some of this stature, you know, he would, he would, um, well, I guess he would grow into it in a way. Like he would, um, he's kind of Lord High Executioner. He would invite when he when he met these Americans, he would invite them to to witness the executions, and he started wearing a bandolier of the spent shells from. Oh. The executions, you know, dude, it, that is nice. You just imagine this amoral guy who is now. Uh, he's not amoral about celebrity. No, no, he's that. enjoying that. <laughs> that now feels... that feels good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so is, I, I'm not. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> There's no morality to pleasure. <laughs> yes. It's a pleasure principle. Dude, that's like some shit from like you know like fucking general butt naked or something would do. You know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. wearing like yeah. ears. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing. This to shell say, right, this fucking shell right here. Let like, me tell you, if I wear every fucking shell, these fucking guys wasted. <laughs> you know, fucking all these all these island kids have fucking shells around their neck. Why can't I have shells on mine? I'd be buried around the buried buried in the fucking sand. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to say, uh, you know, I'm just making sure that the execu- the executions are done correctly. It's another thing to then parade the bol- the shell casings used in the Oh, yeah, but because, you know, there was also, like, you know, the the thing of uh, the executioner used to wear the mask mm-hmm. to not have the shame. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yeah, you can you can go and battle and live your, go live your life. Yes, and then yeah. remember the other thing, too, about the... The fucking the swift guillotine of uh, of yeah. uh, the Nazi regime. Mm-hmm. The guy who fucking said he shouldn't have to pay uh, speeding tickets as he sped from one execution to the next, and you know created what he thought was a more humane form of the mm-hmm. guillotine. Uh, you know, fucking. I mean, it's smaller, it's swifter. I mean, fucking Jesus. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, things seem to be good, but, you know, there were these cracks were showing, you know, there's this one, uh, the, the, the article uh, by Parrot that opens with the story of Plimpton and these other, uh, other people, uh, um, Kenneth Tynan, who's this theater, this British theater critic and, um, and, and his wife, Elaine Dudley, who I believe was an actor. I remember Tennessee Williams is with him. and they're out to dinner and they, they run into Marx and he invites them and he's like, come on down and see the executions. And Tynan just berates him and calls him a monster. And it's just. Have you ever seen Shakespeare at the Globe Theater? Oh, that's ex- you swine! Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean. Inviting me to an execute? Oh yes, execution sounds great. <laughs> oh, 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 my mind! I say, this is and, transcendent. Uh, so Marx, Marx, kinds of he kind of you know he's like oh, okay whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's your funeral, pal. <laughs> but but as as his as his profile grows, he he gets more recognition in the United States. A journalist from Milwaukee. You know, he originally did that story where he doesn't dig into them all, and this time now, 
his picture runs in the Milwaukee Journal with a glowing article about him. Mm. And people are like, I know that motherfucker. Mm. And so John Burke, his old warden at the penitentiary, goes, he stinks. He goes, hey, he writes to the journal. He says, uh, maybe you should look into his history. Mm. And then so once, of course, once the newspaper discovers there's a scandalous history of this guy. They're like, no, well, here's 12 more articles we could publish on this thing. Uh, mm. And then his picture, his picture appears in New York Times Magazine. New York Times writes about him under the headline, Executioner is Ex-Convict. Mm. And the writer, descri- he, the writer in the article, he writes about the execution process. He calls it, uh, quote, a mechanical, cold-blooded, business-like procedure for Marx, like a butcher killing cattle in an abattoir or the slaughterhouse. It's like you fish in a barrel type. Yeah. Uh, and then they discovered his Cuban nickname, which was El Carnicero, the butcher. Mm-hmm. Oof, moron. And his nickname and the name of the article, the title of the article is The Butcher of Havana. Ah. And uh, it's not a good nickname, but it is a good you nickname. You never want to be the butcher. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Ever. No. <laughs> unless, ever. Unless you work at a butcher shop. Uh, then you're a meat monger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, just because I would fuck in a barn doesn't make me a butcher. <laughs> Carnal knowledge. I was yeah. beating meat up there in Milwaukee, but I... The butcher is not, man, it's not where you want to be. Uh, You know, <laughs> you know, like, small goals. <laughs> Never be called the butcher. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you are one. Like, yeah, 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 that's fine, I guess. <laughs> Yikes! So, so uh, a, it's such a strong word. It is. Mm-hmm. It is butcher. Mm-hmm. Barely know her. Yeah, the yeah butcher of Baghdad. There was a butcher in uh, butcher of Bakersfield. The the mafia. Um, Bill the butcher. Um, That's right. There was a guy uh, known as the butcher in the IRA. Um, Sam the butcher from the uh, Brady Bunch. It's not <laughs> Alice. Sam yes, yes, was a butcher. Yes, <laughs> you know. I'm sure when that's, you know, over there, it's kind of cute or something. Because, like, you're all revolutionaries. Well, it's probably cute at first, but it's quickly uncute. Yeah. Especially when you meet the man. (laughs) Meet the man, the butcher. I mean, mean, one of the descriptions of him was uh, uh, he was uh, five foot ten with thick brown hair and, uh, in the words of his draft card, a ruddy complexion. It's from Paratet. Uh, an English journalist. An English journalist later described him as tall, straight, and meanly friendly, with striking blue eyes that, yellowing after only a few beers, suggested company dangerous to keep when drunk. Whoa! Oh. He pronounced that as dat and dropped his G's. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking thing. <laughs> that fucking thing. That fucking. Come on, guy. Hey. Oh God. Uh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> You know, I put down about 12 fellas just an hour ago. <laughs> that fucking guy right there. <laughs> used to be living. <laughs> now he's sleeping. <laughs> he's resting in peace, man. <laughs> man. Man. No, no, oh, he's still sucking like Scarface? Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm picking up the fucking accent down here. <laughs> they call me the butcher, B. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say hi to my little pal. Let me tell you, this whole country's a pussy just waiting to get fucked. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I say, hmm, you know, uh, I fucked this sixteen-year-old, and uh, she turned seventeen. Her room was all polluted. Oh, Jesus God. Christ! Okay, 
That's from Scarface 2. <laughs> Scarface 2? No, Scarface as well. Oh, okay. Scarface 2. It's <laughs> <laughs> the one with Dan Aykroyd in it. Mm-hmm. It's, really, it's not as funny as the original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny DeVito's his twin. Yeah, it's all it's, fucked come up. On. It's just 12 movies in one. They got a different April O'Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to my little brother. <laughs> Played by Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, uh, uh, you know, around this time, uh, him and Jean Sacon, uh, they move in together. Mm. Uh, May 1959. And she's she, is she a French journalist? No, no, no. She's an American. Oh, okay. Um... So it's probably Jean Sicon. Mm. Is uh, it a she? It's a lady. Oh, cool, man. Lady journalist? Is it like Jean Wilder? No, no, Jean. Jean. Oh. Jean Valjean. Okay. You know, like Jean oh, yeah, as sorry, a male sorry. name. Sorry. As a Actually, it's Jean. a man. Jean, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so May 1959, uh, not many months into, you know, this. You know, it's been f- May five yeah. months. The embers are you still. You know, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's a hot rise to the top here. Yeah. Uh, so, so Castro in in May nineteen fifty nine, what Castro does is he kind of he does this goodwill tour of the U S. Where he shows up to the U S. and all of these, especially the younger generation, is going, you know, look at this revolutionary he overthrew, this oppressive government, and he's welcomed um, in you put Harvard and Harlem and and uh, the United I guess the United Nations. I think I believe Che makes a speech. Or, mm-hmm. you know, so there is notoriously long winded. No, not Shay. Uh, Fidel, yeah, yeah. Well, he was, he was eight-hour speech. He was a lawyer, smoked cigars. Yeah, he chopped up. Probably, but but but, all, but also <laughs> the, the, the thing that doesn't really get reported is you know everybody goes like, oh, he gave this fucking snooze-worthy speech. I would, ne- I never said, I never said snooze-worthy. No, 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 no. It would be like that's how the American media would report it. Right. Yes, but yes, the yes, thing yes. that they wouldn't report is that all of the third-world nations were like on their feet. Yeah. Yes, exactly. like going ape shit, like. Yeah. You know, they they loved that it was a tiny country that stood up to the U.S. when they got bullied. Yeah. Yeah. They loved that And they shit. had the backing of the Russian military. Well, it was not, not yet. Not yet, not but yet. I mean, they, it's not just standing up to the—I mean, they stood up to the oppressive regime of their own country. Yes, yes, yeah. And I had a—just um, to, to kind of what you were saying about the I not it not being a snooze fest. I had a—my a, friend's older sister, she went to, like— she was a few years older than us in high school, and then she graduated, and then she had, like, one of those semester at sea things, and she said that, like, so this must have been, like, 2000. She's in the Navy? No, semester at sea is where you, you do, you do, like, a college semester on a, on a boat. Yeah. They did a, they did cool. a road rules season of it one time. Oh, funny. <laughs> it's like, it's a giant okay. cruise, it's a cruise okay. ship, and, okay. like, you travel the world, and you do your college. That's fucking bananas. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of this. I, well, I, it's COVID now. I did you, one in LA, but it was all on land. <laughs> No, it's I all do, online. I do online. <laughs> I did most of my college online. <laughs> uh, but she, I'm doing one about killing dudes. <laughs> they did. Uh, they they went to they went to Cuba and, and and Castro fucking gave them a speech and she said he told, he talked for eight hours and it was awesome. Yeah, I mean the thing is yeah, too uh, is that I didn't understand a lot. Of it. Uh, you know, my feeling is you know there's obviously a lot of like hypocrisy and of course shit that's not cool. Is it a government? About the, yeah. But I always, in my head, I kind of go like, trust more the person that talks more. <laughs> it seems like they're trying to actually d- sort things out. 
Um, you know what I mean? Like fascism is is jingoism. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, somebody that really wants to talk is more vulnerable. The more things they say, the more vulnerability there is. Yes. Uh, it is showing your cards if, if it's not just total bullshit. No, and it's tough right, to fill eight right, hours right, right, with right. bullshit. Right, exactly. Right. Because people are but like, it, there's also propaganda, right? And so there's always propaganda, but you know, I it's it's hard to lie for that long. <laughs> well, I, I mean, eight hours is fucking long ass time. What do you talk about for eight hours? At some I, point, you're like, I heard three, I had a smoothie I, yesterday. I heard like three, it was great. Three to five stuff yeah. like that. I you know I didn't hear eight, but so I fell asleep. Had a very wonderful dream. Then my driver drove me, and you're just going, you're just talking about your day now. You're just like the sun, beautiful. Well, the thing is too is that like the there was, if you if you took a lot of the shit that happened to him, and changed it to Gaddafi, Gaddafi would be bragging all day long about yes. they, they sent a woman to kill me and she fell in love with me. Yeah. Fidel Castro really doesn't gloat, or didn't gloat. As she was much, an Amer as, American as, as much as he could have. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean, the fact that, you know, he did even even until very late in the game bef before it became the Cuban Missile Crisis and that even very close to be, be before the missiles even showed up or, or were noticed by the U.S. He had a deal with the U.S. to. Yeah. For, for, for peace. And yes, yes. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, that was the same thing, yo, Ho Chi Minh, too. It was just like, I don't fucking like, you know, I expect you to. I want you to support me. Yeah. yeah. You know, kicking out a colonial era power. Yeah. yeah, both of them. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, well, <sighs> it's just it's just Marxism. It's the only thing yeah. that makes it a fucking. You know what I mean? Yes. Not Herman Marxism. You know, we have this whole theory about dominoes, and <sighs> you're not just falling in the right place. Yeah, but also if if the you know in, in the case of Cuba especially, it's too close to home for no. For, but but you're if you're you're looking at. Oh, here's all of these fucking CIA-backed fucking, you know, dictatorships all throughout there. Like, they want that for all of us. Yeah. Now the imperial power has become the U.S. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, so you're just like, I hope you're this version of the U.S., like, the one from children's books. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? The one that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, like, I don't want you to be the one from The Intercept, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> I wonder which one it was. You know, so. Anyway, sorry, yes. continue. So, um, Castro has his goodwill toward May 1959 in the U.S., and, and what he does is he puts an end to the executions. Um, and Che goes on an international tour himself, and when this happens, there's no use for this murderous, uh, this execution-loving American. So him and, and some other uh, of Che's men are transferred to just this sleepy province to do odd jobs, like desegregate beaches and, like, you know, just, you know, hey, you. enforce. Hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, you fucking uh, brown guy, and you yeah. like I fucking have a, have, like, a, have a fucking Milwaukee's beast together. I, mean, I, I brought three brown guys here, and uh, you already right, going to meet with one of you them. You guys break bread, or I'm breaking skulls. <laughs> I notice your barbecue doesn't have any black fellas. <laughs> All right, get in here, guys. Hey, come on. Come on. Come on. Boys, these, these guys are going to spice things up. You're going to love it. Cuba's like cubs. I'm a big fan of both. <laughs> Go Chicago. Cut up this trash can and turn it into a barbecue, guys. Come on, here we go. 
Uh, Mar- Marx called this uh, the, his place he was transferred to. He called it no man's land because he didn't have uh, things. No to man do. to execute. Yeah, and he was transferred to another place in the in, further into the countryside. He had even less to do, um, and eventually he runs into like some. Uh, the right people, I guess, and they say, oh, we'll talk to someone to talk to someone to talk to someone. They transfer him back to Havana, and this time he's given a house and a swimming pool and a Packard. Hey, that's a car. That's a car, and he's, uh, he's, his, his job to command infantry and run security. Mm. You know, So now he's, and this Yankee is in charge of security forces in, in, in Havana. Uh, and then the Cuban government breaks up the sugar estates. Mm. Mm. And Castro's family had a large sugar estate that was also broken up, but so were all of the American sugar estates. Problem. Yeah. And the U.S. government stops saying nice things about them, uh, even though even though diplomatically they're still being like, "Hey, we can figure this out." Yeah, the real the, the real stories in the business pages. Yeah. And so when when the United States starts publicly saying bad things, the Soviet Union says, "We have guns. We have money." Do you want to we become part of us? Mm-hmm. And so when this happens, then uh, the communists start filling up the the Cuban government. Mm. And the United States threatens to invade once they hear that the Soviet Union is involved. So in, in January 1960, Castro brings back the tribunals. Executions resume. Marx is made a security chief security officer officer at the prison. <laughs> He's a little <laughs> tribunal man. <laughs> I'm executed. I know a guy. I know a guy. Jesus Christ! I never thought I'd be back in the fucking cabana. I can't, couldn't be happier. The, bi- <laughs> the bitch is back, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> These guys know how to shoot yet? God, I hope not. They call me the butcher. They should have called me the bitcher. I mean, I tell you, the you know, nomenclature here is all out of whack. <laughs> So, except when this happens this time, a month later, a U.S. Embassy officer arrives at the prison and he hands Marx an envelope. Marx opens it up and in it contains a certificate of loss of nationality. Mm. Marx is now a man without a country, uh, no longer a U.S. citizen, and they say it was because he served in a foreign military. The thing, uh, the thing they were totally fine with a year ago, mm-hmm. but now. Well, they were a uh, they were a uh, they were a revolutionary force, and then now that they're right now that they're yes, and now they're a foreign military because they're <laughs> legitimized. I, I am a simple executioner. <laughs> I, uh, I don't understand. I, I was <laughs> Jesus. I was ten ninety nine. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> well, let me tell you what happened. I'll tell you what. I'd, I'd gladly fucking be a fucking man without a country. Because when I was in fucking Wisconsin, you know, I was riding the fucking rails. Now I'm over here with a swimming pool and a Packard. You know what I mean? It's what a country means. Pretty fucking nice. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be. I used. To <laughs> I used to be a man in a barn. <laughs> I a, got a swimming pool and a Packard in fucking Wisconsin. All I had was the Packers. <laughs> nice. Very nice, Chad. Very. <laughs> I am a simple cheesehead. <laughs> Can we take a break? We're taking a quick break. Sure, sure. Be right back, folks. And we're back. So earlier you said we would maybe return to what I was saying about that, like had he killed before or something like. 
Oh no! I was just uh, was that just describing the executions? I think. I, well, I guess it's. Well, they gave him a pool and a packard. Right, right. So the tribunals came back. Well, he loses. So he loses his American citizenship. Yeah, he gets the envelope. They're like, "You're not an American citizen anymore." Yeah, he was like, <laughs> and uh, him and uh, and Gene, they or he holds a press conference. Uh, Jesus, great idea. He later said, uh, I think even he said, I think it was uh, not well attended. <laughs> um, but where he says that he <laughs> the butcher is speaking. <laughs> well, he's, he says that he was proud of uh, fighting for the revolutionary forces, but he never gave up his U.S. citizenship, and so he still believes he's still an American citizen. Mm. And, I believe. And, um, and then you know later, um, uh, and this which. Show this is this would show up later in kind of a way of anti Castro. Castro is bad, and 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 as as Perotet writes, you got to you have to take a look at some of the sources. You know there is this there is this strong anti Castro um, feeling among ex Cubans, or I guess they're still Cubans, but you know the 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 the, the people who fled Cuba, all yeah, the rich the people, all the rich people. And I mean, uh, there's considerable <laughs> yeah. uh, gangster, yeah. gangster element. Yes. Yeah. All the all the people who Castro, whose Castro's motives did not serve, left, and then they started spouting their mouths. Yeah, the people yeah. raping the country didn't. This guy wouldn't let us rape the country anymore. Yeah. And we s- couldn't even do racist stuff no more. <laughs> well, now everybody can rape. <laughs> You know, there's a, there's a story. You know, even just that's re- communism. Even just recently, where uh, someone in in Florida they were interviewed and saying uh, how because uh, there was this moment a few months ago uh, when we're recording this in December 2021, where a few months ago there was this oh people are uprising against the new regime in in Cuba. Yeah, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone there's a some guy was interviewed in Miami, and he's like, oh yeah, the Castros they were terrible people, and then. They just they looked into his genealogy, and his dad was like a murderous sheriff under Batista. Mm, and yeah. you're like, okay, right. so you don't like the Castros? So, so Paratet, you know, he 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 writes, you know, uh, um, that Marx's time at the second time at El Principe, or Prince El Principe was the place, this prison he went to after he was brought back, mm-hmm. where then he did these these new executions. Got it. When and, you say brought back, I mean he was brought back to Havana, and then he was yes. contracted to execute people at El Principe. Yes, got it. And uh, and Perte writes, uh, his time there produced a string of lurid stories. Although the veracity is difficult to establish, most retroactively spread by Miami Cubans when anti-Castro propaganda became viral in the uh, city. Yeah, uh, Cuban poet Armando Valadares, uh, in his uh, quote error-filled 1986 memoir Against All Hope. Marx is depicted as a savage drunkard who referred to the prison as his, quote, private hunting preserve oh. and ordered the guards to attack inmates with chains and truncheons before sealing their possessions. Yeah. Nice. Belladeris describes Marx's executions as gory deta- ordeals with the American often bringing his pet dog with him to lap up the blood of the condemned. This uh, is my dachshund. An American casino worker with mob connections who was arrested for smuggling Batista henchmen out of the country wrote wrote a book in 1963 called I Was Castro's Prisoner, which includes the chapter 
entitled Sadists and Perverts of El Principe. <laughs> oh, my God. After one inmate begged to be spared, Martino claimed Marx fired all the rounds in his pistol in a man's face, mm. turning into a shapeless piece of meat uh. and supposedly giving his mother a fatal heart attack when she opened his coffin at the funeral. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, he's fucking blown to bits. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, gave her, I gave her a fucking two for one. I fucking killed her kid so hard she fucking died. Oh yeah, and Castro got a fucking deal that day, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever talks about that. Yeah, I never fucking sent an invoice for that yeah, one. I fucking did that one on the house gratis. Oh, and her, her opening the for casket. For the cause, you her know. Her opening the casket. Oh, let's see what's oh. in oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so that's there. There was a rumor that started that that's what Marx how, how he would give the coup de gras was he would empty his pistol into their face so that the way that they couldn't. Mm-hmm. So he might be able to kill two generations of the yeah, Batistaites. Yeah, yeah. Empty the pistol into the face. Yeah. I don't think like ten shots in the head is gonna be really depends on the caliber, dude. Dude, you can you can switch cheese <sighs> a face. I'm just saying it's it's not a look I don't think they'd want to have. Oh, you mean oh you mean uh, successfully Swiss cheesing a face? Yeah, like I don't think Doctor Jay Guevara is gonna be like, oh, this guy that was in my unit that's now the head of security. Like he just blasts dudes' faces apart. Yeah, yeah well, it's, like, it's not. It, it doesn't win hearts and minds. Also, also he blasts yeah, their face like, apart and then they mail it to his mother. It just seems like uh, yeah. that's and probably then the too dogs much licking it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. But it is, and the thing is, it's very lurid and mm-hmm. it is sensationalist. And uh, it's you know it, it sounds it it's reeks of yellow journalism. I mean, Mar- Marx is amoral. Like, mm-hmm. like that. It, it's that's the type of thing where it sounds like they think he, he's enjoying the process. Right. Maybe oh, he's yeah. immoral. He has no. He's just a complete sociopath. He has no feeling about. Oh yeah, it. I mean, I, I, he's I, just yeah. Every, I like I, killing everybody's always, everybody's always got to be like a fucking mad dog. But uh, you know, maybe he does have some feeling. I don't know. I, the, but, uh, the 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 peasants, you know, that talked about Batista's people were surely like, yeah, there was fucking torture going on. Like you know, like yeah. There's just not really enough accounts of that stuff happening. Under Castro, in comparison, and you can tell me all day long, like, oh, well, it just doesn't get out or whatever. But I'm like, fuck you. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, you know, I don't like. I still don't think. Um, it was worse how before. it was. It was how, worse before. It was worse before. Also, I still don't think how it was handled when he did it was. You know, uh, who did it? When Castro did it. When Castro did what? Uh, you know, I mean, his, like, his transgressions is, 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 I don't even know if they're transgressions. It's just like, uh, the, the, um, that's, that's, it's euphemistic language. It's just, there's any sort of torture. It's a transgression. I mean, I'm just like, you know, dude, like you, you would look so much better on the international stage if you just locked these people up. You know what I mean? And it was, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, I've said before, one of the funniest things ever. When Carter was like, anybody wants to leave Cuba? And then he's at all the, <laughs> all, all, right. the, all the mental hospitals and prisons <laughs> yeah. and puts them on boats. Yeah, that Scarface over. That's, ri- that's like an that's, international joke that yeah, never stops being funny that's, to yeah. me. It's, it's brilliant. It's Watchmen level. Oh, yeah? Right. Anybody that wants to go? Anybody? Oh, okay. Because I got some dudes locked up here that are fucking... Dude, we got this one guy, and he's go. got a crazy accent, man. Uh, like, this one guy, is just he's, he's making calendars in here. <laughs> <laughs> Let him go. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I, 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 you know I, I think there is, for them, there was some a need for the public to see some accountability on like a Nuremberg-type level. Yeah, for them, yeah. 
I mean, that's, I mean, he shouldn't have done public. He shouldn't, uh, you know, initially he should shouldn't have done the public trials. I but, but I, the, I disagree. Well, I think I, I think well, private I think is it, more sinister. Well, yes, I, but it, public works if they're not bloody. You can you can still have reporters in a private trial. Hmm. It's the, when the public trial is, is is a crowd. But it becomes for blood. Yes, yes I agree. Yes. yes, when it becomes, uh, when it becomes rum. That's when it's a problem, right? When it becomes rum? Rome. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, this is now, this is just a, an event. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can't bum these people out by not killing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <that's> exactly. <laughs> well, hopefully we got the best guy in the business to take care of yeah. this. Yeah. Yankee. They, if they do Yankee. not kill one, at, you know, some fucking, you know, fucking pantomime trial. And they just look to the porters like, look, we didn't even kill one. <laughs> and then he walks over and shits. <laughs> oh, not the whole clip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll send it to his mom. Oh, no, the dogs? One of them was a dummy round. <laughs> <laughs> He's the dummy round. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> we hired Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy from The Crow. <laughs> the, the, guy. the guy. The guy from The Crow. <laughs> the most memorable guy. Dude, that's on my, like, Dark Avengers list. Oh, God. My Dark Justice League is oh, <laughs> Alec Baldwin, the guy, the guy from, from The Crow. crow. <laughs> the guy who shot Easy e up with the AIDS syringe. Oh, Jesus. What? Magic Johnson. Um, no, should Knight. No, I'm saying this. I'm adding He's to the list. He's our Johnson. <laughs> So, uh, uh, so we're, we're back in uh, 1960, and as uh, as 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 the United States responds to the breakup of the sugar uh, states, and still Eisenhower, huh? What? No, 1960. I, this would be 1960. Yeah, but the election, I I would guess, would be 60. No. It was an even year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I think, Depends on the month, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Depends yeah. on the month. No, no, it'd be, it'd be like January 61, probably. Then it's Eisenhower, yeah. right? Uh, call good math, John. Good math. So so, uh, so the United States is uh, ramping up the rhetoric. And in May, so it, and at this point, Marx is starting to get the feeling that uh, pro- he's not that welcome anymore. Mm. Because, uh, I mean, they call me the butcher. Uh. <laughs> he, he feels like he's getting uh, followed. And then some of some of the officers that are that work near him or with him or, I don't know what near exactly means, but uh, I assume it works close with him. Uh, they're arrested. Uh-oh. And he feels like he's being tailed a lot. Wait, wait, wait. By, wait, wait. by, 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 by Castro. Castro Why would they be arrested? Well, because now there is, now they are fighting. The, the Initially, the trials are for Batista's men. And now the trials are for counter-revolutionaries. But he was a revolutionary. But he's also a Yankee. Yeah, but you were on the fucking, like, the, the trench foot march with Che Guevara. But it then becomes a war for hearts and minds. It, Even within his own, like, now it's like, now there's a new, they call him the boogeyman. Okay, I mean, go, you know, go, go on, go on. And go on, he's go on. a foreigner. I'm listening. Right, like, there, I mean, I, this, I'm, I'm trying to follow the thread here, too, but... I think it also makes sense. Is now you're purging. It's a purity test now. Right? Yes. Well, you're gut, you're you're gutting the people that did your dirty work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we're I mean, not monsters. I mean, I would. There's no way for us to know whether his, uh, uh, what he was thinking was right, but it it is illustrative that William Morgan, 
a man who is celebrated, American, a Yankee, who is celebrated for stopping a counter-revolutionary attack and, and, and a counter-revolutionary uh, um, Could you speak a little bit more about that? Because I don't know about him, and I, I, so, I so there's a few listeners that don't. So, so William Morgan was another one of the, of the two dozen Yankees who um, took part in the revolution, and he became the most famous one because he was celebrated by the Castro regime for stopping a kind of revolutionary um, activity, uh-huh. which was you know there was this mission that was supposed to attempt to kill Castro, and I don't know all of the details, but but he, by were they Batista sympathizers? Were they American? Were they? Uh, I I don't know. But they, okay. but he stopped whatever this kind of revolutionary them. mission was, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was celebrated for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually later, um, he whether he said he was disillusioned with what was going on or whether that's what someone else said. I'm not, I, I don't entirely remember, but eventually he was executed for then being a counter-revolutionary himself. So these ties are tenuous at this point, especially when America is, is now the yeah. boogeyman. Mm. And this guy is well known the as the boogeyman. The boogeyman. Yeah. Jewish fella. I'm a yeah. boogeyman. No, not I'm a boogeyman, Jewish. boogeyman. I would say uh, uh, it would probably lean heavily on the paranoia, too. Yeah, I mean, and, he's and not it's exactly... Very, it's very helpful that they're American, right? <laughs> because they can be whatever boogeyman that the regime needs them to be. Well, the thing is this. Mm-hmm. Here, uh, well, this guy comes to, to Marx and gives him this envelope saying you're no longer an American citizen. The other version is it could very easily say, if you work for us, you're going to get a lot more than a Packard in a swimming pool. And you're also a vagrant criminal with no morals. And, and whether so, that's true or not, someone can say that. And we love those. Well, you can just guess it on the character of the man and be like, why wouldn't he even, why, why wouldn't he flip on us? If, right. if, if I know the character of the man, you know, I fucking slept in trenches with him. And the, the, the man has no morality. Do anything, <laughs> fuck a dog. Uh, he's, you know, he's immoral. Uh then it isn't as easier to just, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah, the suspicions can run rampant at that time, and mm-hmm. and he, and you know, he feels like people are following him, whether they are the the officers near him uh, are arrested. So, I mean, think of it what you like, and and Americans are fleeing at right. this point, and that is only going to fuel suspicion and. Uh, uh, whether it's suspicion of themselves or other people's suspicions of them. Well, yeah, part of it too can just be like people getting fucking, you know, phone calls from home and being like, oh, sure. you need, you got to get out of there. They're fucking, you know. Sure. But also, you know, as, as, the, the, Uni- Cold War. as the United States ramps up the in- invasion rhetoric and Americans start fleeing, you know, it, the Cuban government can say, well, why would they flee right. unless there's going to be an invasion? Mm-hmm. Um, and that only makes them more suspect, the ones that are still there. And then on his, why would I leave, why would I stay if I didn't think that there was no invasion coming? Right. Oh, um, shit. So in, in, May, in May of, uh, was it 61? Charles Xavier and his fucking <laughs> ragtag crew of fucking mutant teenagers come down. Fucking- it's, it's May of 60. Um, him and Seekin, Seekin, they decided it's probably time for them to get out of there. And the following story is largely taken from two magazine stories she wrote, and one of them was under a pseudonym. But no one knows exactly what happened next, but this is basically, I think, the general idea. First, her and Marx get a gun and army fatigues in order to blend in. One gun. Between the two. No, a couple guns. Sorry. Um, And then in the dawn, 
They drive west to a fishing village and they hire a boat uh, for the next morning to go fishing, but then they're going to take the boat. The next morning they show up to take the boat and three armed soldiers are there waiting for them. And the armed soldiers say, you know, no offense, but a lot of Americans are fleeing. So, you know, and so they take the soldiers out with them and they go fishing for the day. And they have a great time. They have a great time. In fatigues. Oh, these are my fishing fatigues. (laughs) You don't want to have the fish see you. Yeah. You got to have the camouflage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's a pile of land. You understand? (laughs) <laughs> so after they're done fishing they take uh, their catch and they put it in their packard and it's a uh, wonderful fucking ceviche yeah uh, and they drive off and then uh as they drive off they're stopped at a checkpoint and and marks recognizes one of the uh companeros i believe uh, uh, yep uh and the guy goes oh okay oh. and it becomes kind of a standoff to the point where seeking what kind of standoff well seeking takes the safety off her gun and the caballero says, uh, he says, "What? He's driving around with fish. What's the problem? Well, because why is this? Why is this Yankee driving all the way across, all over this, this island? They're, they're they might invade us. What's he doing? What's he doing here? You're not from around here, are you? He's got fish. Yeah, but he lives in Havana. What he's a convenient. He's, he's not in Havana. Okay. And so the guy says to him, he says, uh, we 'We're not going to get you here, but we, we'll get you further on down.'" At another place. When the fish is rotten, right? it's nasty. So they drive on these uh, drive on these cow trails for another couple of days, and eventually, you know, they they feel like they're not being followed anymore. They arrive uh, in this uh, this they take a ferry to an island, and uh, they they charter a thirty three foot fishing boat. And uh, when they show up, it's supposed to be the captain and his brother. And but when they get there, the captain's teenage son joins, and they get six miles from port that morning. And Marks and Seek and pull out their guns. Surprise, motherfucker! Yeah, and they say, all right, uh, you're now going to drive... Amoral! <laughs> you're now going to drive us to Mexico. And the captain goes, no, we're not. And so they go, okay, okay, get in the hole. Please? We'll drive... <laughs> we'll drive Please. the boat to Mexico. Come on! Uh, so Marks takes this uh, this you know <laughs> diagonal route to like a, you know get out of the way of all of the I know the, 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 the Cuban uh, uh, boats that and you know and uh, and as they approach Mexico and they can see in the distance the motor dies and the boat is just stuck Dead in, the in the ocean and now it's been a couple days this is now international news what yeah what did that Marks has a boat. Near Mexico? An American stole a boat, commandeered a boat with Cubans on it, and fled the island. America has all this rhetoric about how they're going to invade the fish has gone bad. The (laughs) the ceviche is not as fresh as we've ever had it. So it was a... a Sorry, fellas. It was a homemade boat, flat-bottom boat. Oh, what? They hit a a Caribbean uh, squall. It was just... Is that true? Yes. Oh. Yeah. The, 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 The Cubans in the hold were puking up. Nice. It, it was just no. a terrible. It was a terrible time. Uh, at one point, after when they're out in the, the coast, uh, a frigate comes by and they shoot some guns and they they try to SOS it and it just drives by. And then then the, the look, looks, like a, look, looks like a bad time. <laughs> yeah, it smells like shit. And then a, Cu- a Cuban fishing boat comes by and they're all pro Castro and the the Cubans just stand on the edge of the boat and look at them and then drive off because they all know they all know who they are at this point. Hmm. 
and they think that he is a counter-revolutionary. Well, they, they is yeah, they assume now he's stolen a boat. Right, okay, but, but you're not a fucking counter-revolutionary because you stole a fucking boat. Why? Why not? Anybody? Because he's fleeing the country. What yeah, is that? Get, mean? He's getting followed. But they don't know. They that. don't know they that. Don't know they that. all they know is that he's okay, fleeing the country. Yeah, but also he's the, an American fleeing the country. The yeah. whole fucking thing is why just, help him. The guy that fucking executed all the Batista's people is the one like under like get but the fuck do out they of know here. that? It's just it, they were public. Yes, but they, they the, know that. Do the fishermen people? Yeah. Are on. Yes, he is celebrity. No, not. I mean, at, at this point, it's, at this point, he stole. He stole I a don't boat. Think, I don't think they're reading. Oh, news. he's more famous for stealing a boat than executing. It's yeah, the last thing you did. I don't. It's the last thing you did. I don't think that those fucking abaneros read fucking Time magazine from six months ago. This, yeah. this is unionizing against thought. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm a bit of a socialist when it comes to this aspect. <laughs> Just listeners, when you, I mean, if you guys know what the fuck I'm talking about, because these guys are gaslighting the fucking no, shit I'm not, out of I'm me. Not, I'm not, we're not gaslighting you. you. Like, That's what a gaslighter would say. What? Everybody sucking sand? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not. This is this is not devil's advocate. This is just saying I don't know if the fishing crew that goes by the butcher, what, a nickname he has. Yeah, they, but I don't think they're reading the New York Times. I think they're watching the TV from an hour ago. Yeah, the Cubans. Yes, the Cubans hear that an American is leaving the country with two Cuban. Okay, but also just in in the people in the know in Cuba in the revolutionary fucking you know atmosphere or whatever you know in the fucking the whole thing they're like why are we shifting suspicion onto this guy for anything other than he's just American why he do, got gangrene but that's he the got best. gangrene well, because marching. he's American yes if I get you know what I'm saying no no I'm thinking how they think I'm thinking how people think. The guy that got gangrene. They're, I don't, they're not reading. They don't get a profile from Matt on him. They see that he's an American fleeing the country at a time where Americans oh, okay, are threatening but, to invade. But him. I'm yeah. saying the people in the aristocracy of. of Do you of, think the aristocracy is driving that fishing boat that comes up upon them? And no, I don't. No. But I'm saying, why did even suspicion initially fall? Because the scapegoats are. It's, it's great to scapegoat people, especially groups of people. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think a lot of this too is. is a lot of this shit that vibes out a lot of people, including what Jay. do you mean? What do you mean? You know, it's just it gets really crazy and it gets really paranoid. And, uh, you know, there's some very like, you know, Stalinist kind of Machiavellian yeah, stuff. I, I agree. And, and I, yeah, yeah, yes, it vibes out. Smart people. Well, who's next at a certain point? Right. But, but that's how it always that's, that's how, how it, it always, always is. Works. Yeah. So don't act surprised. I mean, you're not. You get the, it. The guy that is the most violent and taking the brunt of of the embarrassment on your behalf, especially being American, is 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 useful to you, right? And and in this case, his use is being a scapegoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're useful until the very end, and even then, you're useful. Right, but he it wouldn't have been it, it shouldn't have got to this point, in my opinion. Oh, the, even on a shrewd level, even on a shrewd, you know. What do you mean it shouldn't have got to this point? Like, oh, on whose account? On on the account of the Castro regime. Who knows if he was? This in, is the guy that like you keep you keep around. You know the same way Stalin wanted to keep Hitler around. I mean, no, it's but like oh, he makes me look good. And yeah, but who knows if he? I don't think it's Castro. I mean, listen. Yeah. I think there's there's tons of you know little lieutenants and shit running mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. who are trying to garner Climb favor, the way, yeah. and they go, oh wait, an American. I don't think it came from the top. Stop yeah, any yeah. American fleeing the border. It, it's you know well, I think middle I, management going. I might get a raise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Also, you know what? In fairness, uh, this devil's advocate to my own shit, which is good. 
guys from, you know, Sierra Maestra, you know, that actually were with him when he got gangrene and all that shit, they're like, even then, it's not a fit. Yeah, yeah. he's not one of us. So the lack of trust, you know. But also, I mean... It would have been such a better look if, you know, the good version of him, the William Morgan, if he wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, if you kept some Yankees around, you wouldn't look like this bloodthirsty, paranoid regime. It's not a bad look to get rid of the guy known as the Butcher. Uh, it's it's a worse look to make a butcher. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? but now you say, well, we've moved beyond the butchery. We've learned from our ways. Yeah, yeah but the guy giving the orders is the real butcher. Let's be real. Jay, come on, yeah. the, guy, uh, the guy pulling the trigger. Come on. Oh, uh, who's more of a butcher? Fucking, you know, some guy in Baghdad or Donald Rumsfeld? It's Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah, of course. Well, he's the guy that owns the butcher company. <laughs> Billy, <laughs> he's a chief executive butcher. Yeah. So so anyway uh, so uh, 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 the sorry no it's okay that's, that's good um, day seven they've now been, been doing this for seven days and they're uh, they're in bad shape but they're spotted by an American shrimp boat they are able to hail the American shrimp boat. it's run by a, 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 simple a charming man. simple yeah. man and his yeah. and his war buddy uh, colored fellow uh, uh, and no not and, not, and, not and a guy not, with no legs not the colored fellow. I was talking about uh, uh, Forrest Gump and Bubba. Yeah, and but Lieutenant Bubba was Dan. dead. Bubba was dead. That's, that's right. right. That's Lieutenant right. Well, Dan well, his name was on spirit. His this name. His, yeah. his name was on the logo. That's right. Yeah. And Lieutenant Dan was there, and he was. You think Bubba would have let that guy run the boat? <laughs> well, you know, he let him run. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> he was good at running everything. That's right. <laughs> run with it. Uh. Responded by an American shrimp boat. Uh, the the boat gives uh, their boat a full tank of gas, ten gallons of water. They, uh, him and Sicon, they get on the American boat. Doing that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, doing it. Uh, the Cubans take their boat back to Cuba, and uh, the captain of the American boat has no idea who these people are. And then he takes them on board. Yeah, he takes the American. Yeah, on board. he's just like, oh, some friendly Americans trying to flee <laughs> these <laughs> these traps. Hey, is that a <laughs> is that a twins hat you got there, pal? <laughs> You, you fellas from Cuba, I hear, I hear it's like the Poige. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Ron DeConkite call it the Poige. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, now that I've just said it out loud, just, like, the, the, Amer- <laughs> the American captain shows up and finds this boat where, conceivably, still at this point, seven days in, the two Americans... Are guns drawn holding the Cubans under below deck? Yeah, and, and, and yeah. It, it goes. You white people keeping them savages in check? <laughs> yeah. All right, come on board. We'll give them half a tank of gas just to get them deep enough into the squad and die. You come with me. We'll get you some burgers. Like, yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's it's in group shit. You're yeah. white. Come with me. Let mm-hmm. them go. Yeah. So uh, this is this, real. I don't know. This American captain. He said uh, he brings him back uh, to America, and he's like, "Oh, they seem friendly." So he doesn't tell immigration about it. It's something when you if you pick up people on the ocean and you bring them to the country, you're supposed to tell you know mm-hmm. immigration oh. services about it. And, this and guy's he's, no and he's not a citizen. Right, right. He's persona non grata. And so uh, this this captain, when it eventually is revealed, you know what happened. He's fined four thousand dollars. It's about thirty eight thousand today. Shoo. 
But he's a shrimp boat captain. He's fucking rich. He's a shrimp boat captain, well, well, like all the way out in Mexico. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a simple uh, human trafficker. Huh? <laughs> I traffic in human. Uh, and I got shrimp too, if you uh, like that. Which do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> we got both. Well, like, if, if 10, 12 shrimp ain't your cup of tea, well, I tell you, I've got a four, t- for 13 to 14 year old her human. Oh, no. Jesus. <laughs> This one's a her man. <laughs> and this one's a she mermaid. So Marks and Seekin, um, they then flee to Mexico City because that's like the hot spot for like... Tenochtitlan. Anybody who's like trying to escape their government, that's the place to go. Um... A capital of another government. Yeah. And uh, uh, she writes about the trip for magazine. He applies for asylum. Eventually, he feels like he's being followed by the CIA and Castro's men. Jesus living Christ. She goes to New York City. At one point, he's jumped by a couple men in a van. Oh, he's man. He's able to escape. Uh, he then leaves Mexico. He goes to New York City to an apartment that uh, Seekin had kept like throughout this whole adventure. Nice. They don't have any furniture. They just have a mattress on the ground. Tight. Um, he thing. takes the name Fred Keller. He starts working um, odd jobs. You know, just as like a handyman and sure, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but he he feels like, you know, anybody could be after him at this point. Um, uh, and this is from a, a parrot He was hated by the exiled supporters of Batista, whose cronies he had executed. He was hated by the moderate Cuban exiles, who saw him as a stooge of the Castro regime. He's hated by the pro-Castro agents, who felt he had deserted the revolution. For good measure, he's also wanted by the FBI as a potential subversive. Could be arrested at any moment by the U.S. Immigration Naturalization Service as an illegal alien. He lost his citizenship, after all. Uh, When he came back into the country, he said that uh, when he crossed the border, uh, they just asked him for... Uh, ID and he, he I think he said that uh, he just showed him like his old Wisconsin, military or Wisconsin driver's oh, okay. license. Yeah. They were like, oh, okay. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. They didn't run any checks or anything. Go home, pal. Oh. Your name's Fred now, pal. Uh, and so he um, he just does this for a bit and uh, uh, Gene reaches out to the CIA for a meeting saying like, hey, maybe this will bring us protection. The meeting's put postponed, and then Seekin, under a pseudonym, writes an interview with Marx. Um, it becomes the cover story for this, at the time, popular magazine called Cavalier Magazine. And there's so much detail in it that it would eventually be used as evidence in court against him. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much detail in it that it tips off immigration services that Marx is in, in New York country. City right God now. God damn it. You know, I was down here at the fucking five and nine. Corner <laughs> <laughs> of Wabash and Lake. You know, uh, geez, I got a fucking uh, you know, bagel down there the other day. Uh, fuck, uh, good couple. Good juice anyway, remind me of, Remind me about executions. My first love. <laughs> Locks, my second. <laughs> remind me of I might escape from prison. I'll detail the exact times and dates. <laughs> uh, so a few months later, the... Uh, dates reminds me of the rape I did in the barn. Oh, Jesus God. Christ. Anywho, I hope you're not taking notes on this too uh, diligently. So a few months later, a couple of INS Immigration Naturalization Services agents show up uh, about four in the morning. Um, they 
convince Marx that they're just looking after him. And uh, they wrote up this whole document. And if he could just sign it, just to confirm, you know, the events. And uh, it's a formality. And don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And then he signs it. And then they put him in handcuffs and they arrest him. And they say they're going to deport him to Cuba. And they uh, take him to jail. Oh, oh no. God. Yeah. It's, you know, it's pretty standard stuff for the U.S. government, you know, or any any sort of... Any power. <laughs> you go back to Cuba, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> so, uh, he's... going to love it there. I hear they execute people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one guy down there, a real butcher. Yeah, he's nasty. <laughs> I mean, he's a real freak. <laughs> you, Fred, you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to stay You're going to have not a good time. <laughs> uh, he's in custody without being charged for nine months. Because his case keeps being postponed and postponed. Yeah. He uh, once again makes it into the New York Times. Uh, RFK uh, proclaims it a personal victory that they have caught this man. Mm. Eventually, the ACLU steps up after he. Habeas Mar- corpus, come on. After Marx loses his lawyer, the ACLU steps up. Uh, you know, and the, the ACLU is, um, you know, a, um, a group that basically started because of the Red Scare. Yeah. As uh, kind of like someone has to represent these fucking people. Yeah, man, it was the a railroad. witch hunt. Come on. Yeah. Also, yeah, the whole fucking... Are you, know. you a witch being hunted? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been accused of being a communist? I mean, no fault you know, listen, listen here's, here's the thing. I'll, I'll represent here, you. Here's the thing I'm going to say. You know, I, I think the American government does terrible things all the time. I uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's it's mostly a business-run enterprise. Um, one, one of the worst things about uh, political correctness in, in the recent era is... Um, you know, people should always be treasuring the freedom of speech. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And the ACLU is also, you know, taking advantage of, of real, you know, rights that we gave ourselves when we were revolutionary. And those are things to, like, actually be proud of about America. And instead, they always they, they always get painted as, like, these faggots. Who, the ACLU? Yeah. You can say faggot because of the ACLU. But that's exactly right. As I, is my right. Well, that's the thing. That's the, the thing. But no, about they, them they'll, they'll, they, they'll defend the KKK for. Like, that's exactly right. Do you know why there was a rally in Charlottesville? Because the ACLU fought well, for the, there to well, be a rally there in was Charlottesville. A, there was a rally. No, no, no. In, that rally went on. Because the ACLU, they didn't put it on. No, they rep, they they said you can't ban them from right, having but, a rally. But that right, is, but, but that that's, is that's that is still true. good. That is true. Right. But what, what do you argue? But I'm oh, no. All I'm saying is the rally didn't. The ACLU, ACLU. I'm not didn't saying they did start the rally. I'm not saying they, they did. Defended the right of this. This is my con- yes, point no, to John. No, saying yeah, this is we all we, we all agree. Okay, good, good. But uh, and honestly, you know, they will not replace us. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that is not. That is not. That is not what we're saying. But it boy. is your right to say that, I guess. <laughs> it's your right to say it, and it, it's my right. And to it's be, your right to believe it. It's, it's my right. And you're right to believe it. It's John. my right to be pissed off at you for saying. <laughs> yeah. So that was my counterpoint to, uh, as John saying, there is this belief that they are some like insipid or or or. No, they're or, pretty fucking neutral. Not yes, they're yes, pretty neutral. Yes. Yeah, and also just like you know, <sighs> yeah, there's. He, I think anybody that is, they they kind of represent some of the things uh, while being painted as you know the libtards or whatever. They still they, will. They still fight the fight for the people that we don't like. They really yep. incite some of of the the anarchistic spirit that people on the right and left both enjoy. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so you know they fucking they they get a bad rap and. Well, they get a bad rap from both sides when both sides benefit from their existence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, um, you know, fuck them. 
Okay, so the ACU gets involved because what? Because he's basically being interned? Well, Without, he, the, the, he's been uh, no, no habeas corpus. No. So, uh, this is from Paradep. Uh, uh, um, Parawa? Uh, the, the guy who wrote the book. Oh, okay. No, no, no article. <laughs> it's a shorter version of it. He wrote the book on, he wrote the book. So, the article felt like a book. Feels like one. Marx's treatment by the NS was part of a constitutional drama that remained unresolved for the four, full 40 years of the ACLU's existence. At issue is whether U.S. citizenship was an innate right protected by the 14th Amendment or a gift granted by the federal government that can be removed at will. By denationalizing or native, the native-born or denaturalizing some people mm-hmm. other countries who atta- uh, uh, from other countries who attained American citizenship. Uh, most Americans today are unaware of the right of citizenship was ever at, whis- at risk. By the, remo- by the removal of it, a tactic most often wielded by authoritarian regimes was for decades the U.S. government's ultimate weapon against individuals deemed undesirable. Red Scare. Uh, left wing, the, 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 the fear of uh, left-wing immigrants, uh, but mo- most notoriously, Russian-born feminist and anarchist firebrand Emma Goldman lost her use in citizenship. These Russian-born feminists, these fucking... On a trumped-up technicality and was shipped off to Moscow. Right. So, uh, you know, Gordon uh, takes up this case and, um, and, and he argues, he's, he says, you know, citizenship shouldn't, shouldn't be shri- uh, stripped. It should be renounced. He's, he says, Grace Kelly is the ruler of a foreign country. Right. She has to renounce. She still has her citizenship. Right. So how does this guy you can't lose strip it? And yeah. she, well, she's hot. <laughs> well, that certainly helps. Um, and so in March of 61, uh, of the, when this is happening, William Morgan, now he, like, he's executed by Castro's Cuba. And so it's very clear to everybody involved that Marx cannot, you can't just hand him back to the island. You can't hand back this guy and say, well, well I guess you go kill him. Yeah. Right? So that becomes part of, you know, the story of the case, too. Um, and so then, then there's, you know, this back and forth where... Um, it seems like the CIA would want some kind of an asset too, of like you know an insider. Or but he's right. amoral. But even even when they just hand him like the envelope, like I said, well, well, why why not try to you know because they maybe they they know his psych profile and that like it's it it, it, it it will but become, the CIA uses pieces of shit all the time well, for maybe all this, kinds this of jobs. This was an unusable piece of shit, perhaps. So this would become something that I mean, he's a he's a revolutionary. This would become a, just keep that in mind for how this all ends. Oh, it's so, cogent okay. salient point. No, I, I didn't say I'm that. Not, I didn't say that. What you're saying? I didn't say that. <laughs> you fucking asshole. So I uh, really got a peek. Can we take a break? Oh, sorry. We'll take a yeah. quick break, folks. We'll be right back. Sorry, yeah. And we're back. All right. So, so, uh, uh, court, right? So he goes in front of the court, uh, and there's this back and forth with these arguments of uh, what is the charge? The charge is uh, fighting in a, a foreign uh, military. Yeah. Therefore, we strip you of your citizenship. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and part of the argument for the prosecution is that this guy is a fucking scumbag. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> you know. The CLU is like, it's your right to be a scumbag. Yes, because there, there isn't anything that says we, we have no to take no scumbag it. clause in yes. the Bill of Rights. Exactly. <laughs> there is a Santa clause, however. <laughs> <laughs> and so some of the prosecution witnesses, uh, this one, this, um, 
for, for, former former public defender for Batista's officers, Israel Agaz Imaya, testified that Marx would uh, uh, die of laughing whenever a death sentence was handed down by the Revolutionary Tribunals in 1959. He had witnessed many executions. He attested, I saw the bodies, I saw the coffins, I saw the blood on the floor. Mark spent his days molesting the prisoners, making fun of all of them. He was the terror of every prisoner. They called him the death bird. Hmm. And <laughs> thank you, Lloyd, the public defender for Batista's officers. I mean, he, is he, was he, was he, he incredible witness? I mean, what well, he was still around, they hadn't executed him. So he was, maybe he wasn't, uh, 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 you know, the uh, guy saying this shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he, you know, he, how did you get out? He was a public defender for Batista's officers during the Castro Tribunal, so mm-hmm. you know, maybe they what had some sort of acceptance defender. for. It. Maybe he wasn't. Uh, so maybe you know, it, it could be true. Um, could be. Uh, Who's to say? Beyond a reasonable doubt. And so you know, the INS kept making these arguments, saying like we, we should be able to, um, you know, not give him citizenship. And so it just kind of went back and forth like this. Uh, Marx, Marx is, it, uh, Gordon could never, his lawyer could never find Marx's friends. Marx never really had any friends. Mm. So well, Gene Seekin. Yeah, but that's, uh, I don't know if, it doesn't, it doesn't say whether she testified, but any sort of like ranking official or, or journalist never seemed to, to make it to the stand, um, well, it's also the states, too. Like, they're not supposed to, right? Well, one thing, I mean, Gordon says, he says, unfortunately, the reaction has been that people are afraid to testify in a court of this sort. Yeah. Because if you if you testify You're for this man. red flag, now they start right. looking into you. Mm. Yes. Um, I, but when, when, not a lot of character witnesses for OJ. Y- you're right. Just who just got not. out of jail today. Oh, I think there was. OJ got out of jail today? Yeah. For what? He's, OJ's been in jail for fucking a few years. For that, like, armed robbery of, like, I think, I think the Heisman Trophy. I thought he got out of jail a while ago. No, he got out of jail, like, today. Anyways. Hmm. Um, He's no Herman. Uh, M- M- Murray Kempton, I, I, th- I believe it's for the New York Times. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, New York Post. Uh, he he wrote, uh, Gordon is either working in a court rather like Cap- La Cabana. Its fundamental theory is represented by the notion that Marx, being a bad lot, should have his citizenship taken away on some excuse or another. If American citizenship were confined to the virtuous, of course, there'd be no voters except Pat Nixon and Billy Graham. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so, so you can see the 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 at least the journalistic opinion is is swaying, being like, "This is just ridiculous." Yeah, it's a kangaroo court. No. Yeah. Um, and so, but because as this is going on, April seventeenth, as this trial is happening, Bay of Pigs. Yes. Right. Uh, and so then the ruling comes down in June. The judge says Marx is a, quote, stateless person. And he could be deported to any country that would accept him. Uh, but no country would. Not even Thailand? <laughs> Too old? God. Uh, Marx, uh, Gordon eventually got Marx's bail reduced uh, so he was able to pay it, and uh, the ACLU got a fund together and paid, paid his it. bail. Yeah, so he was able to Peru just walk around the United States. Yes, well, it was a prowl or a skulking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Loiter. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean that'll also come back. Uh, he uh, the grants. He heads back, uh, live with Seekin, uh, but the uh, the INS uh, shadowed him everywhere. At one point, he uh, he joins the Teamsters. And the INS, oh, the union. The INS shows up and says, "Do you know who this guy is?" Guy is, and gives him this whole intel on him, and the Teamsters make him resign. 
So it's like, oh, thanks. Thanks for your help. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, why are you, shouldn't you just prosecute me or leave me alone? Like, why are you just going to go around fucking and like make my life worse at every step? Right. Uh, which well, is also I, very I, American of them. Yeah. It's still not as bad as the Red Scare shit, though, I guess. Though it just pretty, I guess, wound down considerably from the 50s. Yeah. Otherwise, that guy would be like, fucking, they'd probably want to fucking hang him. Or, I mean, he would have been, I mean, like they said about, uh, uh, what's her name? She was she was deported to the Soviet Union. Oh, I mean, Goldman, yeah. yeah. So eventually his case uh, makes it to the Supreme Court. And uh, based on the composition of the court, uh, Gore, it was going to be five to four in Marx's favor. Um, that, those are the projections. Yes. Uh, and this is from Paratet. Progressive Justice William Brennan discovered that his son, a lawyer, had discussed Marx's case with an attorney working to prevent Marx from regaining his status as a citizen. Brennan felt that he had to recuse himself due to conflict of interest. Wow. Which is just, I mean, in today's climate, just absolutely fucking insane. My son talked to somebody about this case? Oh, I... (laughs) I You know, this national news that everybody's talking about, my son talks to somebody about (laughs) it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Clarence Thomas's wife, Clarence Thomas's wife, is talking like is making speeches at anti-abortion. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's putting his pubes all over yeah. the poor girl's Pepsi and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Brennan recuses himself. The court comes back four to four, no decision. Well, the deci- because there's no decision. The last decision before it went to the Supreme Court was that Marx um, was, was could not get his citizenship, and so they revert to that decision. And Marx is uh, name of that country. But because no other country will take him, there's nowhere for him to go, and he just stays in the U.S. Okay. And. <laughs> He's like that Tom Hanks movie, The Terminal. No. <laughs> yeah. He just has to stay in. So are you like an illegal immigrant? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. Um, I'm a less than legal traveler. And so uh, uh, five days after this uh this uh, decision comes down. The New York Times publishes an editorial supporting Marx. And then uh, not long after this, Marx is arrested for forcing his way into uh, uh, Sikon's apartment. Uh, I thought you were going to say They're 16 year Wait, wait. Oh, really? Yeah. Why, why was he breaking in there? Because she, she, she didn't want him to. Oh, so they like split. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, he was a man out of country. No self-respecting. I mean, this had been going on for a while, and you can only imagine, like, you know, there's some tension of that. It was not good for, for, for anybody. both of them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and she was, uh, you know, she was about 10, 15 years younger than him, and she, you know, had a Hollywood and you know, other job, careers. And in August of 1965, a year later, um, he grabbed some binoculars. He climbed 30 feet up into a tree and tried to spy on one of his neighbors. Probably. He was discovered, and as he was discovered, he fell and broke his leg, and that's where he was arrested. <laughs> Ejaculating! <laughs> it's my ankle! The uh, the newspapers called him Castro's Peeping Tom. God yes. damn it. They have such a good memory. Uh, the INS wanted to deport him, but no one would take him, so they couldn't. Yeah, who, who's going to be like, oh, I'll have the Peeping Tom? <laughs> yeah. Is he a butcher? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had sex with a 16-year-old, has he? Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. How are his ankles? <laughs> he moves back to Milwaukee, uh, lives with his mother. A year later, 1966, a woman there accuses him of molesting her daughters. Jesus, living Christ. A.K.A. Indecent Liberties, they called it. Was she lying? 
his mother says that this woman was a ne'er do well and but a busy scallywag, a Jezebel. I mean, she asked Mark Marks to babysit her daughters, and then one day her daughter, one of her daughters, told her what happened. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Uh, I'm the butcher. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I'm a man without a country. <laughs> Can I watch your kids? Yeah. Uh, Mark Marks walks into the DA's office while she's being interviewed, sees her, leaves. No one sees him again for two weeks, and then someone sees him driving a car past his mother's place, and then he's never seen again, ever. Holy what? Shit. Yeah. And some people say, oh, the CIA maybe went back to Cuba, maybe. And, you know, they reached out to the CIA when he got to New York, and the CIA never followed up on it. You know, and you think, well, this is a guy who knew Che and Castro. Mm-hmm. If there was ever going to be some sort of, some sort of, uh, you know, secret thing, mm-hmm. wouldn't this guy be involved more than Oswald? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the CIA postponed their meeting. They never, he never met with the CIA, as far as mm-hmm. anyone knows. He took a job at the Texas School Book uh, Depository. Uh, yeah, I, I think postponement with the CIA also seems ridiculous. The CIA doesn't seem to be like, oh, we got a scheduling conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, they just don't care. You know, maybe the train was late. We got a lot of emails to read. Mm-hmm. Everybody. But, uh, so, and I think this is a, Murray Kempton in the New York Post again, he, he writes, uh, in, in his, his coverage of El Carnicero, he, he writes, there must be a moment in the course of every revolution when its maximum leader demands that, for certain res- responsibilities, there must be found for him an American gangster. And Kempton says, uh, uh, Such a man is our very own. The country gave birth to him and formed his character. And, and Perotet says, He's not un-American. Kempton argues the opposite. Marx is, in the fact, most American. utterly American. Yeah. Yes. That Brilliant. Per- that perhaps is the most certain part of the Butcher's strange tale. And that, that, and that is, is his folly. Good. His yeah. folly yes. was that he was he was his father's son. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. He, he learned his trade in America. He brought it to other countries. Well, it makes me in. think of, uh, again, back to day, uh, 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 X-Men, the first class, uh, Magneto himself, uh, a victim of uh, brutal uh, racist uh, war crimes and torture, and then would go on to perpetrate those same very things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 not oh, like, I, and, I mean, not unlike the state of Israel. Uh, it I is. Mean, it is. It is very. Uh, I. I. You know. You agree? I know you do. All right. Well, you, you know, you can't force your opinions on me. <laughs> you agree? I know. You're telling me, I agree. Wouldn't you agree? I know you. No, do. I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's uh, you know, far uh, more similar to uh, Carl Panzram thing, except Carl Panzram uh, had the thing where he was uh, immoral. Because uh, yes. he was kind of shown that the, the system of morality was corrupt and most immoral. Yes. Mm. Uh, so he was deliberately immoral, but he knew very much the difference between right and wrong. This guy is a far more elusive, mysterious character. Yes. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I do think um, there must have been something about the whole Castro deal where he was just like, oh, yeah, like I'm actually into this. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the wearing the shells on the jacket—that's a—that's a choice, right? That's his. I mean, that's that's a that's a a fashion choice, and that that fashion choice emanates from perhaps pride. And but also, if you think that you are doing something noble, Mm -hmm. these are my like. I don't. It's not my 
fashion choice, but like you can understand, like, listen, if I'm a, if I'm not, I want those Nazi scalps. Oh, 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 no, no, Aaron, this is very, very interesting what you're saying, because I completely agree that uh, the fervor that would come out of, uh, say, post-World War II stuff, there was a thing of like realizing uh, this, this, we could be stopping the next whatever. But Americans kind yeah, of like right, capitalized yeah. on like, we didn't know how right we were until we walked into Auschwitz. Right. And then we realized, like, oh, these guys really were fucking scum. These, this guy actually knew these guys were, like, murderous scumbags. Yeah. And so he was. He was one of them, yeah. And, well, but. No, no, meaning. The, meaning the Batista he people. The Batista. Oh, 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 sorry. Yes. Sorry, 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 sorry. But, you know, so it was like. These was, guys were lining up people in the streets, innocent people, civilians, yeah. and just yes. fucking murking them. And yeah. so this and, guy came in, and, and he's murking the murkers. Right. And even before that, when Teddy Roosevelt was in Cuba, he had that same kind of fervor of. The passion of uh, deliberate murder against an evil enemy. Right, right. You know, it's kind of a thing that's played up in America. Like, we mm -hmm. play up cowboys and Indians. Yes. And then people fucking grow up with that shit, you know, and they get carried away or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think he had his own version of that. Yeah. You know, where it was justified... Murder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can see that, yeah. You know? And probably it was also coinciding with the first time he felt worth... Right. Yes, I mean, after all of these prison colonies and uh, you know mm -hmm. running from the law and broken ankles, now finally, like they give him a Packard. Right, and it was cool, oh. and you, you've given this poor soul a, a purpose. Yes, and then at the end, you decide that oh, now it's not. Uh, and, and listen, I don't believe any of this. I'm just I'm kind of just working it out. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe this poor guy found a, a you know some meaning in his life, something that he was yeah, good at, yeah. something that was. I guess a net positive at the time of, of killing authoritarians. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it says a lot about like at this time he met seemingly a he had a stable relationship. Right, right. Wasn't trying it, to pick up yeah. exactly you know, girls yeah. in bars. She he, hung out with him for yeah. a while. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and then you know, no, when you're no longer useful, then you're disposable. Right. Uh, so, and then also like you know, the, the, uh, I'm thinking about like informing the thing of like you know. But knowing where you come from, knowing what you've done, knowing kind of what you are, and, and trying and, to, to and leave that behind, trying to leave it behind, but mm, also, yes, yes, but yes. also not leaving it behind in the way of being like, you know, what if anybody's got to do all this, I'll do it, this dirty work, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do. It. I'm amoral, man. Uh, <laughs> I'll do the fucking I'm thing. Immoral. I'll do the fucking thing. You know, yeah. Uh, there's you don't want you you want any part of this, do we? <laughs> That's right, right. I think there's a thing too, though, like when they talk about uh, the eagerness to to do the executions when they're in the revolutionary campaign. Part of that is also ingratiating yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the uh, I'm, to, I'm, to I'm the torchbearer. I'm the most fervent. I, 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 let me, fella. I don't speak Spanish, but I can. I'll tell you what. I can fucking pull the trigger. No problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to, so. Abla, bullet. Don't be a L bullet in your head, pal. The gun, the, the, the gun, abla bullet. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. So there's a thing there too. Yes. Well, it's the same. You know, they he's say, oh, himself. you know, like nobody works harder than an illegal yes, immigrant. And they're like, well, he was an immigrant, and he has to work harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh, this and guy. He, take, he does the job nobody else wants to do. This yeah. guy's so eager to do it, and you go like, yeah, but well, like, he just wants to impress his boss. Right, right, right. I mean, I think there's definitely some of the, but the, you know, also they, they he did also seems say like a real asshole. Yeah, the fact that he's arbitrary in peace, like, arbitrary, uh, uh, arbitrary, uh, Ar tyrannical, uh, tyrannical, tyrannical, and, and also just a history of 
violence being a pain in the ass. Yeah. Not even really a history of violence. It was more. Some I, I think his history com- comparatively is a vagrancy and prowling. It's, and it's, it's more mischief. Yeah. yeah. Even, until it's not. Even yeah, the yeah, even the even the not. rape. I think is not rape. Rape. I think is statutory. Yeah. I mean, I he, he, he's. Wanna... I mean, she. The the. <laughs> The, 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 part of the story of that is that she had ID that said she was 18 at the bar. Oh, well, yeah, she was at the bar. What do yeah. you want? So, so, so I, I'm, I'm siding with him on that one. <laughs> was was she 18 at the barn? <laughs> <laughs> no, she was 16 and then 17. And then 17. Man, man, time works funny around here. <laughs> it's kind of one of them freaky time loops. Finish but it. yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely some there's. Violence involved, and he's not a safe character. You wouldn't want him. You wouldn't want to hang out with him. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. want him around your friends or family. You know, I just think there's. But a, in a revolution, it's a really. It's a, they, they, they they needed an American. It's just so sad though that there was so much of that uh, fear of the Manchurian Candidate type stuff mm-hmm. that the U.S. couldn't just look at him and go like, okay, so like you're with them from the fucking mountains to Havana. Like, we should really just debrief the shit out of you and, like, yeah, and then let you just fucking live in peace because, like, you are an asset just in, like, sheer intelligence of, like, a personality profile of Che Guevara. Oh, yeah. What, like, 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 you know. You fought every, with every, him. You marched with everything him. Everything we said about Matthew Weigman and stuff they like that. They should have let him escape because he, like, they should, in when he was leaving the country, the U.S. should have come and got him and said, you're home now and... But we'll give you the pla- the Packard. <laughs> you had a wacky night in the woods. It was a zany vacation. Nobody but, can blame you. But now you're back in fucking. Now you got a pool and a two car garage. But but and, that was also. But you got to tell us everything you know. That's also two diff two different administrations. Kennedy is, is doesn't want to clean up Eisenhower's mess. Oh no, you know what? I would I would I would say in that regard, it is not really too different because because Kennedy was uh, very paranoid about uh, communism. It was right. one of the things him and Nixon bonded over. Well, maybe he was paranoid about this guy who was with the communists. No, but I'm saying that was why they didn't uh, make the best use of the asset is because they were still too paranoid. Yes, exactly. Of that fucking fucking shit where they were yeah. like, "Oh, he's gonna dupe us." <laughs> you're like, and we're, we don't we don't think we could ever resist this guy's charm. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, he really like, loves the cups. That's yeah. son of a bitch. Get him some fucking bush light, like Matthew yeah. Matthew McConaughey yeah. and yeah. fucking True Detective. Yeah. Seriously. And like, Get him some and let him talk. Yeah. Like that that is just like duh. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Like, he was coming home for a reason. Yeah. yeah. So the people that will debrief. He was fleeing into your arms. You know, yeah. you know the people that like, home. the people that flip people into informants, like the FBI and stuff like that, they'll always be like, recognize when the person is vulnerable, when they do have nowhere else to go. Yeah. And, and, and then just capitalize. Yes. And instead they did They're yours. They're coming back. You, you to can't you. go back to Cuba, of all places. Yeah, and and you don't want to, right? Yeah, they really blew it there. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's just it's kind of fucking insane. Yeah, but you know these people are crazy. I think I think the fervor was. Yeah. it made everybody yeah. just everyone was it was scared I mean, red. Arguably, I mean, do you think that is the height of the Cold War? I would kind of say. What yeah. the what the red this this moment here early sixties. Yeah, the the Cuban Missile Crisis is, is the, the height. height of the Cold War. Yeah, for yes, sure. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy, right? It's incredible. You know, um, might happen again. 
So the, Taiwan and Ukraine. Oh boy. Yeah. Front row for the seats. We got them all. Popcorn ready. There's a thing there too. Roasted over the uh, between uranium. between uh, between Truman and Kennedy, the two Democrats was arguably the most reasonable Republican of all time. Eisenhower, who's like, let's make roads. How about that? And he's like, I'm highways. Not, I was like, I'm not. You know, let's spend money. But also, <laughs> he did also preside over the Red Scare, so. That was uh, certainly not reasonable at all. <laughs> um, Pretty good. That, yeah, that was fucking great, man. Yeah, thank you guys. Never heard of this guy. No, me neither. Hermano. Uh, Hermano Marx. Herman. Herman. Dibuche. Hermano Marx is Brother Marx. Bruno Marx. No. Brother Marx. Hermano is brother. Herman. Shimelo Marx. Shimelo Marx? So now it's time to get out of here. He said it. Yo, you yeah. said it in you Spanish. Said it I alluded to it in her, English. Her man. You yeah, said that's it why up. I said it. So, so that you it. would say it. Oh, you're taking credit for the joke. Bro. I incepted you into don't, doing don't it. Don't even argue about but this trying one. Trying to make me feel bad. Okay. Uh, do you want to take credit for the offensive humor? Go for it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Get the other guy to say it, <laughs> and then take credit for the idea. I can't believe you said that. Dude. But I said it first. I said it in my. I wish you said it as good as I did. That was awesome, man. That was great. So you really just got it from that book? No, the article. <laughs> like, yeah, I got the it from article. the article. I thought you got it from the footnote. No, 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 that's, no. Where the, that's where the that author, guy got it. The author of the article got yeah, it. From he got it. Got it. Shout out to Ter- Tony Perotet for just fucking Tony like, Perotet. Dude, you said it five different ways. I know, and I've heard it a million times. I still don't know what you're like, saying. Just spell it. Tony, P-E-R-R-O-T-T-E-T. Perot. Perot it. I'm Tony Parotet. 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 <laughs> P-E-R-R-O-T-T-E? Mm. E-T. There's an extra T. There's three T's. E-T-T-E-T-E? <laughs> Can you just P- show it to me? Come home. P-E-R-O-T-T-E-T. Oh. Parotet. Yeah, parotet. Oh, like how I said it? A parotet. Oh, that's weird. Perhaps it's parotet. It's a parotet. Oh. <laughs> now, what's an atavist? <laughs> you get one. Right. Never you mind the anatomist is. Man, that was excellent. Thank you. Wonderful. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. A true scoundrel. Yeah, no, just a and real a stinker. A real fu- yeah, a real stinker, yeah. Major stinker. Yeah, just God. You're one of those Major guys. stinker reporting for duty, sir. Like, okay, well I guess keep going, living your life, and then he just disappear you know, just those stories where they just disappear and no one ever sees him again. You know, him and that <laughs> drug dealer out there in Ecuador getting plastic surgery and uh-huh. banging eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or the, the 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 guy who uh, killed Booth. Oh yeah, yes. with no balls. Yeah, yes. he had no balls. He got uh, Fidel castrated. He probably met that German guy we talked about in the Patreon. Got Fidel castrated. That's good. That's good. I think he might but be you be might think he was circumcised. circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Fidel circumcised. <laughs> Fidel circumcised. Check out the Patreon for that That's an inside joke. All right, guys, well, let's get out of here. Uh, Matt, great job. Thank you. Uh, uh, I'm going to say goodnight. I love you. My name is John Fahey. I'm Aaron Pita. Matt Brousseau. Good night, everybody. We love you. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.